BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Is it football tomorrow night? Really? Doug Peterson makes his debut as the Jaguars head football coach tomorrow night. Holy cow, are we here? You are here. Big Sills is here. National Football Show. Please hit the like button. Thank you guys so much for joining us each and every single day, Monday through Friday, 3 to 6, Eastern Time. I can't tell you how we appreciate it. You know, we do a mixture of some of the biggest names in sports broadcasting and in entertainment, but we also put the voice of the fans on. And I love when we get Philly 500 on. He's going to be in hour number three at 5.30 Eastern time. So I can't wait to have him on. So let me get this right. Hang on here. Guys, help me out some. Okay? So the Eagles had a full padded practice yesterday, right? And they took today off. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Non-contact and non-tackling, but because they put the gear on, they thought they deserved a day off. Okay? Hold on for a second. Big Sills has to do this. I have to get used to the modern-day soft approach. Can you imagine mob mentality? Here's Kobe. Kobe's going to work his ass off. Then he takes the next two days off because theoretically tomorrow they're going to be in helmets and shorts tomorrow too, from what I understand from the practice schedule. So they thought yesterday's full padded practice was a little too much for the players to come back the next day and have a full gear practice again. I got I got to, I got to take that in, man. What a soft mentality. I just, I, 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 I'm sorry. I sound old. I'm apologizing to you. I really am. Um, I, I just thought that hard work and repetition, getting yourself mind and body ready for what's to come for these next six months. I thought you had to train it all, man. I thought you had to put your heart and soul into it. This is lame ass effort. And, and you know what? It's not isolated to the Eagles. This is like across the board. I I don't know, man. It's just, I guess some teams, they, they practice a little harder. That's why they get out to stronger starts. And I'm, I'm still going to hold to my guns here. Eagles going to that bye week, two and four. And it's not because they're not going to be the most talented team every time they step on the field against an opponent. 
I just think it's a weak-ass mentality. I don't think you can prepare for a heavyweight championship fight by sparring in no contact with anybody else. And I'm talking sparring with a bag and not with another person in the ring. That's what it would be like for getting ready for a heavyweight championship fight. It'd be like sparring with a bag instead of a sparring partner. How do you prepare for that? I just don't get that mentality. This is a sport that you have to give your entire soul to 24-7. Some of you are going to go like this. Well, Sills, you know, I almost said it. Screw the injuries, man. It's part of the game. What the Eagles are trying to do is they're trying to come up with a new way to reinvent the wheel. Healthy as hell last year. Destroyed in every game that mattered. A mass unit in 17, you you hoist the Lombardi trophy. Which would you rather be prepared for? I don't know, man. They're off today? It's training camp. You have off days in training camp. I never heard of such a thing. I never heard of such a thing. Got an upcoming NFL game in what, nine days? Jets? We're going to talk a little bit about the Jets and the job that Joe Douglas is doing trying to revamp that program. I don't get it. I just, I mean, guys, you have every right to think that your Eagle team was a 12 to 13 win team. I'm going to make one more point to you again. To me, the coaches are more into bullseye than Jalen Hurts is. He's moved down to three. It's Gannon, it's Sirianni, then it's Hurts. Those are my three targets. And the more we move on, the less excited I am about this particular coaching staff. Dude, you can't get any assessment out of guys with non-tackling and non-hitting and then taking a day off and telling me that someone's getting better. And some dude, what is his name? Elliot Pauly Shore, somebody, is posting statistics on Jalen Hurts comparing him to last year. You have to be kidding me. They may have been working out a completely different type of system last year than this year. Those stats mean nothing except for maybe the offensive coordinator keeping track of what they're working on. That's not for the media, and it's not for the fans. Nobody on the planet thinks that pra- – look, if you ain't keeping score, it don't matter what he does. He can overthrow passes all day long. It doesn't matter in camp. It matters when it counts. I don't know. Am I being over – am I being – hypersensitive on this. I don't know, man. I just, I'm not getting it. I'm not getting it, man. Right. It's like yoga classes. Like Sydney says, Sills, we're still going 11 and six. Ryan, I believe that. Ryan, I do. I, 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 I believe that. And I think you win the East. And I think there's a great chance to push yourself into a position to get into that NFC championship game. I'm not going to waver off that. I'm, I'm not wavering. I am absolutely not wavering off that. Yeah. Okay. That's right. You think they go nine and two after the bye. I'm going to show you one more time. 
how I think they do this. Okay? Two and four. Let's just add it up here. I'm going to look at the schedule. Xander goes like this. How are you doing this? I think it's going to come down to one of those Cowboy games. The difference between um, being 11 and 6 versus 10 and 7. It's going to come down to one of those Cowboy games. Okay? I think you're 2 and 4. Then you do this. You win the Steeler game. You win the Texans game. You win the Washington game. The Colts will win that game. The Packers will win that game. I believe you're going to beat the Titans. You're going to beat the Giants. You're going to beat the Bears. And there it comes down to that Cowboy game at Lincoln, at, in Arlington in week 16. Okay? You beat the Saints, and then you beat the Giants again. That's 9-2. It's going to come down to that Cowboy game, like I've been saying for the last two weeks. I think they're going to get themselves in really great shape, and I think you're going to go 9-2 and two after the bye, or you're going to go 8-3. and three. I still think you win the division, but you're going to put yourself back behind the, the chains again like you did last year because you're not prepared. Dude, that... That Lions game is going to be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. I'm talking to you from the heart here. Fillion thinks that two and four is crazy. Really? Okay, we'll find out. You were two and five last year. What's changed? A.J. Brown? Great. A.J. Brown. A bunch of new players. On defense, and you think that's going to gel when you're not practicing hard and you're taking days off in camp. Good luck to you, kid. Paul says, yo, Cilio, Barrett Brooks has talked about the 46 bear defense that Gannon plans to use. Gannon plans to use a 46 defense. The only difference is he's not Buddy Ryan. He's not Buddy Ryan. Hey, I could do this. I want to run the 46 Bear defense from the 80s and have Hassan Reddick on the field as much as I possibly can. I want to utilize him like they did with Wilbur Marshall, where Wilbur just killed people out there. By the way, I don't think Hassan Reddick is Wilbur Marshall. So let's kind of be cool on that one. He ain't Wilbur. He's a good football player, but he ain't Wilbur Marshall. Wilbur, Mar- Wilbur Marshall tried not hitting people. He tried killing people. It was a different, hey, eagle realist, what's wrong with 11 and 6? What's wrong with 11 and 6? I am having the faith. I am having the faith. What are you talking about? Dude, it's not how you start. It's how you finish the season. That's how I look at it. It's how you're going to finish. I'd rather have the Eagles get off to a slow start than end with a slow finish. Okay? Yeah, but check it out. Sills, this is a league-wide issue here. I think it's league-wide. Yeah, okay, I don't mind if you're talking to me with a quarterback like Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. 
The Eagles don't have that guy. They got a running back playing quarterback. Now, listen, I'd feel a lot more comfortable if you had an experienced signal caller going like this. Okay, well, they don't, you know, you got an experienced guy who could throw you out of trouble early in the season. You don't have that guy. If a team gets a lead on the Eagles, you have no capability of comeback. Because you haven't proven that. Last year, a team got a lead on you. It was over. It was over. You got to prove to me that you have Cam. Hey, the Baltimore Ravens have that same issue. Get a lead on Lamar. Does Lamar have the, the patience and the ability to come back? Last year, they beat the Chiefs. I think they beat them on a Sunday night. That was a significant win for me on how Lamar Jackson plays in Baltimore. You've got to win games like that. You've got to beat the heavyweight champions of the world that are on your schedule. You've got to beat the Vikings. You've got to beat the Cards, the Cowboys, the Colts, the Titans, the Packers, these other stiffs like Steelers and Texans and Giants. It's roadkill. It's roadkill. The Wilbur Marshall was one of the most incredible hitters I've ever ever seen play the linebacker position. That dude was feared. Okay? Feared. Sills, what does Tracy Rocker say about the bear front? I'm going to get to that in a minute here. Hertz isn't listed as a running back. He's listed as a quarterback. You're wrong, Sills. Okay? I think he's a running back quarterback. That's what I think. Dude, I'm not just talking about GT. I'm not just talking about full gear. I'm talking about doing some contact drills. Dan reality check with Dan Cilio. Daily reality check. Charles, what, 11 and 6 is good? I don't know how you don't think that that's a good season. You improve? Two ball games? Hey, man, once you get north of nine, and we're talking north of nine wins, and you start increasing your win total, that's a good thing. Two win, two wins. Look at what you did last year. You improved the win total from the four and eleven and one season to five. Now you did it against garbage teams, but it doesn't matter. They were on the schedule, like you guys say, and I agree. 12 and 5? Okay. I want to see that, man. I'm not there with 12 and 5. I'm not, I'm not there with 12 and five, bro. I don't think Jack Lambert. I don't think Jack Lambert hit like Wilbur Marshall did. Sorry. I don't remember knockout kills like Wilbur did. (laughs) Wilbur hit people and paralyzed them. You thought they were like hockey knockouts. 13 and four never happened. Hey, first and foremost, I want to do this. I want to pay homage to somebody that. I was an acquaintance too, and that was the legendary Vin Scully. I had a chance to work a little bit with Vin when I was in Los Angeles, and I helped start Fox Sports Radio. Tony Bruno and myself were the first hires in network history, and we were the first to go on the air. And I got to tell you this about Vin Scully. Vin Scully, who passed away 
last night, the legendary voice for 67 years of the Dodgers, um, was always accessible. There were two men when I worked in Los Angeles that were always ready to come on with me. You know who they were? Chick Hearn, who called Laker games, and Vince Scully. They were always there for you when you wanted them to come on if they had the time. Vin was so open. Every single time I went to Dodger Stadium or any time I would bring the crew over there, Vin would bring us up into the booth, and he was just legendary. One of the absolutely nicest people and one of the most revered men of all time. I've never seen a guy who can connect the past, the present, and made you think about the future more in his storytelling in a game than Vin Scully. Vin was one of these guys. He'd sit there in the middle and talking about a Dodger game, and he's sitting there going, yeah, we're playing the Reds today, and he would go back and say a story that I remembered from Crosby Field, and he would tie it into the big red machine. Then he would tie it into the modern-day Reds talking about Griffey Jr. and Griffey Sr. Then he'd say ball two. Have you ever known a person to call – some of the most significant other things. Like he was the man that called Henry Aaron's 715 home run in, by the way, Tom House, who worked with Jalen Hurts, this offseason caught the ball in the bullpen because he was a reliever with the Atlanta Braves back in the day. Who would have thought that Tom House now works with quarterbacks? And he was part of that legendary night when Scully called that tremendous home run that Hank Aaron when he passed Babe Ruth that night, then in the 82 NFC championship game, hell, when I was growing up, I didn't really know Vince Scully that much when it came to baseball. I remember him calling football games or calling the masters or doing other sporting events. Little did I realize as I got older and I got more into the profession that I realized that he was the legendary voice all the way back to Brooklyn in 1950. When it came to calling Dodger games, he was friends with Jackie Robinson. I've told you guys this numerous times. I was friends with Jackie. My family was friends with Jackie when we lived in Stanford, Connecticut. That's where Jackie lived after he retired from the Dodgers. Um, just legendary, man. And Rachel, all those folks were dear friends with Vince Scully. I've never been around a legendary broadcaster like Vince Scully that was so open to help other broadcasters. Sure, Dan. Um, I can't do it today, but how's either Wednesday or Friday? We would work on it like that, and Vin would always come on. Same with Chick Hearn. I was very fortunate that these guys liked me like that. And my producer, um, Jake, would end up working with Vin Scully. And Jake was a guy that was my producer at Fox Sports. He ended up going on working Dodger games. And he became very good friends, and he would get them on all the time for us. God, can you imagine? I could call Chick Hearn up at any time, who called all those Laker games, all those legendary Showtime games, Shaq, Jabbar, all of them. And then I could turn around when baseball season started, and I could call Vince Scully up. You know, I, I, I tell you about the people that, in my fortunes, I've had a chance to run into, and, you know, Bill Russell passing the other day. Now Vince Scully passing. Isn't it funny? They say they die in threes. Um, it's just really, really unbelievably awesome to have had a relationship like that. There's no question about it, man. Um, 
he'll be he'll he'll be he'll be remembered forever in storytelling and how he was the you know that he had no he had no color guy with him. It was him telling the story. Nobody worked the booth with Vince Scully. Vin was a solo act. I always admired that. Didn't have to bounce anything off anybody. God, he was so good at it, man. God. You know, I, I, I want to tell you guys somebody that I know that you know. I had the pleasure of being very close to Harry Callis. And his son works now with the Tampa Bay Rays. And I got a chance to work with the son when I was in Tampa. And I covered the Rays for 15 years. And every time Harry Callis would come on my program, and he would come on my program because of his son. And Harry Callis, who took over for John Facenda at NFL Films, he was also one of my favorite people of all time. Man, did I love Harry Callis. What a legendary voice. And I haven't brought that voice up in a long time. I just He made me think of some of the greatest people that I've run into. But Harry Callis was just unbelievable. Okay? I mean, it's just, just unbelievable. And I would say this. When you agree, in Philadelphia sports, Harry Callis, Merrill Reese, John Facinda, those three voices, you guys could sit there and really write the history of sports with those three men. The voice of the NFL is John Facenda. The man who took over for John Facenda, Harry Callis, you know, people around the country look at him as some of the voice of the NFL. He's the voice of the Phillies. And God, and then you got Merrill Reese. Talk about having goats in your city to tell stories. Man, you could sit, you know, people like that. I used to sit and listen when I was a kid and I hated the Red Sox. And I would listen to the old cowboy, Kirk Gowdy, calling Red Sox games. And then I became more connected with him because he called AFC games for NBC. Man, all those legendary broadcasters when I grew up, there's nobody like these guys today. No. Because it's more about them than the game. Harry Callis, when he talked about Phillies baseball, he was talking about the men on the diamond connecting. And all of a sudden, he just became part of the fan base. He represented you guys. Today, the people have to be front and center, and it's about them. It's about them putting a show on. Same thing with Merrill. Man, Merrill doesn't want to talk about himself. He wants to give the fans the atmosphere, the feeling, the, the passion of Eagle football. Those guys are those guys are a dying breed, man. Dick Enberg is a dear friend. I've posted pictures. I got a great picture. I'll post it on my Twitter page of Dick Enberg and myself. Dick Enberg is another guy, one of the most versatile men I've ever known, and I'm going to post it. I'll post it in the next time out. Dick Enberg was one of my dearest friends. 
And every time I had a broadcasting question, Dick Enberg would call me and say, Sills, back off the ledge. Imagine that, my teacher, and one of my teachers in broadcasting, I had two of them, Jim McKay and Dick Enberg. So when people tell you, oh, Sills just throws shit against the wall, he's this. I was schooled by Jim McKay and Dick Enberg. I'm going to post that picture of myself and Dick Enberg. Dick Enberg could call tennis, football. He was the man that called the Magic in Larry Bird National Championship game in St. Louis, still today the most viewed game of all time when it comes to college basketball. Ratings don't even come close to that thing. Unbelievable, okay? I like the Red Sox. I hate the Yankees. The old cowboy used to be just such a great storyteller. Dick Enberg's your favorite? Man, Musburger's a friend too. Called my college football games. You know, one of the coolest things on my, if you go on my highlight reel, at the very end of the highlight reel, one of the coolest things, Xander, at the end of my highlight reel, it's, it's, it's Brent Musburger doing this. Oh, Dan Cilio from Stanford, Connecticut, because he knew all the great people lived in Stanford, Connecticut, like Jackie and my uncle, Andy Robustelli. He knew they all lived there. And so having him and then Keith Jackson call my name up, my grandfather goes, hey, Keith Jackson. You know, that makes, me, that makes me think of something. Your favorite broadcasters of all time. God. I'll tell you this. Outside of Merrill Reese, I'm trying to think. Merrill Reese and who? Hey, Xander. Eli Gold. Who calls Alabama games? Holy cow, is that guy great. Eli Gold calling Alabama games? If you've never heard him, you're missing out. Eli Gold calling like NASCAR too. He's spectacular. Oh God, I sit and listen to some of these guys, man. Eli Gold, we've had him on the program. What a legendary voice. You listen to him call Alabama games? This guy goes all the way back to Bear Bryant. Harry Callis, John Sterling Yankees. I hate that guy. Dude, hey, Mike. I had Ernie Harwell on my show years ago. I'll get into today's topics, I promise. I'm sorry because I, 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 I love these old names. Let me give you uh, Ernie Harwell. Ernie Harwell was the voice of the Detroit Tigers for years. And here's an Ernie Harwell. Kirk Gibson coming up to the plate here. Oh, and I'm looking down there in the third row there. There's Mary Jane right there from Upsland, Miss Michigan. She made some cookies the other day. She brought them up to the booth. We enjoyed them. I couldn't believe it. Mary, how you doing down there? We really appreciate it. Strike two on Kirk Gibson. And I'm like, how does he know everybody that's sitting in the stands? I asked Ernie Harwell that. You know what he said? Well, you think that's real? I made it up. <laughs> I'm like, What? He goes, yeah, I didn't know who she was in the third row, but I wanted to have people feel that everybody was sitting there having a fun time at Tiger Games. He was entertaining, telling a story, adding a little twist to it, sure. But those were the guys that would just sit there and try to bring audiences in, not for them, 
But for people watching Tiger games or Philly games or Red Sox games, Ray Scott was spectacular back in the day calling Packer games. Vern Lindquist calling SEC title games. Absolutely. You know, hey, who was the guy that called games for Chris Schenkel? Calling those games back in the day for ABC Sports. God, I love those guys. Some of the greatest absolute names of all time. All right, enough with that. Passing of Vince Scully. People, we could talk about that for hours. All right, let's move on here. So Elliot Spitzer Shore, here's the statistics for Jalen Hurts. It's like reading the orange crop report. (laughs) Some of you will get that. Some of you won't. The 2022 Eagle Camp stats for Jalen Hurts. 55 of 79. Five TDs. And three picks. React! (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, hey, hang on, picking 55 of 79. This is by Elliot Spitzer of WIP Your Nose. Five TDs and three interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> how, do you, how does the reporter keep stats like this? Why? Why would he? Why, why, why is he doing this? To gain favor with Howie? To get sit-down interviews? He's not doing this for any other reason than that, guys. He's not doing it to inform you of anything. Because these are in, not informative sat, stats. Doesn't matter. He's not doing this for any other reason except to get accessibility to the players, the coaches, and the GM. That is all this is. If Get this. If Jalen Hurts was 2 of 79, I wouldn't care. If Jalen Hurts had thrown 14 picks and three touchdowns, I wouldn't care. How do you know what they're working on? You have no idea what their game plan is on practice and what they're trying to accomplish. These mean nothing except for accessibility for the reporter. I'm here to help you guys and educate you guys when you're seeing propaganda being thrown out for accessibility. This is not reporting that is quality reporting. That is not quality reporting. Quality reporting is this. His fundamentals look really good. His technique looks good. They're working on numerous different situations. You could see them working tight ends, screen passes. I'd rather have you tell me situationally what they're working on. They give me these lame ass nothing stats just so that you can keep your job at WIP. That's what this is. It's the only reason you post stuff like that. And by the way, anybody else who does that shit, it's the same stuff. You see, the number one thing, I'll tell you this, I give the Eagles credit. They keep everybody on their P's and Q's in that market. You say one bad word against that organization, you're on their shit list. Then it bleeds down to the radio stations and the TV stations, and you know what they do? They kind of push away from it because you know why? 
they don't want their accessibility. And I don't blame them. I'm, I'm not criticizing the reporters here in a way. I'm criticizing the fact that you allow the Eagles to push you around like that and not give you quality reporting. How in the frig are you trying to tell me that? Just because you added A.J. Brown, you think Jalen's gotten better with no practice time that matters, with no quality reps. These are quality reps. I'll say it again to you. They're not quality reps. I'd rather watch Jalen Hurts eat a sandwich than go through a drill that has no contact or no tackling or no game speed. Honestly, guy eats a sandwich great. The guy throws pitch and catch great with A.J. Brown. Those aren't quality. When, when Jalen Hurts says that he and A.J. Brown are working on a good chemistry, how? Where? How are you saying that? You got the day off today. Who in their mind takes the day off when you've got to prepare for a season and you're talking about a quarterback who struggles on accuracy? I don't get it. You're being told different things that don't line up with reality. Just because you know what the next drill is this year compared to what you didn't last year doesn't mean you're a better team this year. Last year, you had no idea with Nick Sirianni how he wanted to construct practice because he was a first-year coach. This year, you kind of have a better handle on that. That doesn't necessarily mean they're a better team this year. Well, they got better players, Dan. Dude, when you do you understand the teams that don't add, but maybe one or two players a year because of salary cap reasons, those are the teams that contend every year, not the teams that add 70 guys. The best, can I tell you this, Corner John Lynch? The best version of this group of Eagles will be next year. Yeah. Because the new guys will know exactly what's being asked of them. Technique, practice-wise, fundamentally, everything. John Lynch says the first time you come into a new unit, he goes, when I went to Denver from Tampa, he was like this. Sales, I was like, I was like going to my first training camp. I had no idea what I was doing in Denver. The next year, I kind of knew what I was doing. John went to the Pro Bowl the following year. Had a pretty good career. In a, in a short time, he, I think he went to a couple Pro Bowls up there in Denver. The best version of this group of new players will be next year, not this year. I'm not saying they're not going to win games this year. I'm saying they're going to be better next year. Flex goes, they didn't have the day off, just so no media day today. I was told that they didn't have any practice. Defense has to improve. Got to stop, folks. Yeah, especially in the passing game. Dude, Gene Hackman. But Hey, when they say people die in threes, someone confirmed that. Did Gene Hackman die? You know, he's Jimmy Johnson's next-door neighbor. He lives in Almorada. That's, that's a true story. Coach Johnson said that he, he'd be out, like, walking with his wife. And there's Gene Hackman out there, like, walking in the streets. I think he's been retired, like, for a bunch of years. Someone confirmed that. Damn. I think our run defense might have issues. GT. I think actually that'll be probably the strength of your defense next year will be your run defense. It's to me, it's still figuring out pass rushing. 
Okay. I think it's going to be pass rushing. And I want to see what that safety cover is going to do. Pickin goes like this. Hey, big Pickin, you know the problem with the Eagles had last year? You're right. Defensive third down, and the offense was in third and long almost the entire season last year, especially in the second half of the year. That's why their third down conversion rate wasn't very good last year when it came to passing. And that's why they finished the season 27th in passing. Seals, what famous person have you lived next to? Huh. I'm trying to think. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you who. In Heathrow, Florida. Paint Stewart. Paint Stewart. I lived I lived a couple houses down from Paint Stewart. I'll give hey, I'll give you a better story here, real quick, and then we'll move on. We're gonna do this too, by the way. The best of the best in the NFC East. And I'm going to look at the Jets, the first preseason team that the Eagles will play. I got to tell you this quick story before we go to timeout. Okay? Go with me here. So I lived in Heathrow, and I told you, Payne Stewart lived, like, down the street from me. I'm walking down the street, and I see this guy coming towards me for about a month. We cross each other. Hey, man, how you doing? I think the guy kind of knew who I was. You guys are going to shit when I tell you this guy's name. And so get this. I'm walking down the street. Finally, I stopped the guy after a month and a half. And I do this. Excuse me, sir. He stops. He starts smiling. And I go, sir, I've got to ask you. Are you Sandy Koufax? He goes, yeah. I said, Mr. Koufax, I know you don't do interviews. I have your home number. He goes, you do? I go, yeah. And I go, um, I've never called it because I know you don't do interviews at all. He goes, no, I don't do interviews. And I said, I just wanted, wanted you to know, I think you're one of the greatest arms in the history of the sport. You may be the greatest, greatest left-hander of all time. And he goes, thank you very much. And I go, man, why did you retire? And he goes, you know, my arm was given out on me. I go, you won 27 games that year. And he goes, yeah. And I, 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 I told Tommy Lasorda the story years later. And I said, I met Koufax just walking. He was walking towards me for two months. And I would see him. He moved back from New Zealand to Orlando. And I couldn't believe it was Sandy Koufax. And I, I finally stopped him. I go, I go, sir, are you Sandy Koufax? And he goes, yes. <laughs> I was like, so Tommy Lasorda told me the story as they were getting ready for the 1981 World Series. And Koufax's arm was feeling good. And he had Sandy throwing BP to Garvey and Say, Lopes and Baker. Finally, Steve Garvey goes over to um, Tommy Lasorda and goes, I mean, Koufax must have been 48 years old by this time. And he goes over to... Um, he, go, he goes over to Tommy Lasorda, goes Garvey. And I know Steve Garvey very well. And Garvey goes like this. Hey, Tommy, you got to tell the guy to slow it down. We're not hitting anything. We're trying to get some practice in for the Yankees. And this was at Dodger Town. 
And Koufax is just striking out Garvey and Lopes and Say, and he's just like mowing them down. Finally, the sorter goes out and goes, you want to pitch game three of the World Series? <laughs> and he's like, okay, I get it. Dude, what a legend. Oh, what an incredible man. I mean, hey, you imagine you're walking, you're trying to get yourself in shape, and you finally go like this. Excuse me, sir, are you Sandy Koufax? He goes, yeah. And you're like, <laughs> I had to shake his hand. I was like, shook his hand, and I was I'm walking back. I went back and told my wife, I go, I just met Sandy Koufax walking down the streets of Heathrow, Florida. She's like, Jesus, Sandy Koufax. I go, yeah, Sandy Koufax. Went over to his house, had a couple meals. What a unbelievably nice man. I mean, I had, I told you, the run-ins that I have in life, uh, I got a story for everybody, man. Best of the best in the NFC East. We're going to do that next. Also, Jets. I want to take a look at the 2022 Jets. We're going to do that as well. Don't forget my friends at Morgan & Morgan. Where the fee is free. Folks, if you're hurt or injured on the job, getting Morgan & Morgan to represent you and your family is one of the most important things that you could possibly do to represent your family to get the fair compensation you need. For the people is not a slogan. This is exactly who they are. Trust me when I tell you, the biggest law firm will not be intimidated. There's no such thing as a fender bender when you're calling or talking to Morgan & Morgan. 800 attorneys strong in offices in Philadelphia, New York, and in Florida, like I said, make them the biggest firm in the country. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. That's 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Seal sent you. When choosing a lawyer for your injury case, you may ask, does the size of the law firm matter? Well, of course it does. The insurance company, they're huge with unlimited resources. And whether your case is big or small, they're built to bully you out of the money you're owed. But here's the good news. We're big too, the biggest actually. And we're built to fight to make them pay for all that was taken from you. Size is our strength. There's only one Morgan & Morgan. ForThePeople.com. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Ecton. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. 
Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carbs, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Sills. Please hit the like button. I mean, today's a day of celebration in a way when you're bringing up names like Dick Enberg and names like Vince Scully. I mean, no question. 67 years, you're never going to see anything like that again when you're going to talk about the voice of the Dodgers. And I promised you guys that I'd post that picture over at Dan Cilio show. There's big seals with Dick Enberg. And every single time that I would go into the booth and talk with Dick Enberg, he was always giving me pointers. He was always talking about like my show and how I presented myself. He goes, man, you're really edgy. And here he goes, I admire it in a way because you really speak your mind. So that's my um, my picture that I took with Dick Enberg when Enberg was uh, still calling Padre games. And one of the truly great legendary broadcasters of all time was the voice of the Rams for the longest time, called Angel Games as well. Was the voice of college basketball for a long time, man. So, um, yeah, just, just, just really wonderful just to have a relationship with a guy like Dick Enberg and People like Jim McKay. So, hey, we appreciate it. Please hit the like button. I saw the guys from Sports Take, man. They're starting to overtake me a little bit when it comes to the likes. Let's go, man. Yeah, but, you know, Sanders says that I'm getting a little sensitive about it. now because you know what? Hey, everybody goes after the king. Understand it. See, I'm comfortable with who Big Sills is now. It's okay. You know, everyone goes after it, you know. It's all good. Don't forget my friend Philly 500. In the third hour at 5.30 Eastern time, he will join us. And Big Sills looks like the Sopranos in that picture with Dick Enberg. Thank you very Salty Cilio. Okay? Okay, right? Salty Cilio? I'm actually liking that a little bit, man. All right, let's get into the best of the best in the NFC East. 
I'm going to throw a couple topics out here. I'm going to go over all the teams here in the NFC East here. What team in the East do you think has the best quarterback? I say it's Dak Prescott. I say Dak is the best quarterback. He's the most accomplished. He's the more skilled. He is the guy that's put the numbers up. As of right now on August 3rd, I don't really think it's close unless Garoppolo gets into the East with the Giants. Showtime says Dallas, unfortunately. You know, I thought about Carson Wentz. Who's more accomplished, Wentz or Dak? I don't think Dak has ever been considered. Hey, and you know what? I would say this to you about Dak Prescott. Let's be fair about Dak. You know, if the pressure's on Jalen Hurts and Carson Wentz in this division to step their game up, I think Dak Prescott also has to step his game up. And I think he's got to show us now that Mari Cooper's not there. Has he matured into being one of the quarterbacks in the league where you call elite? I wouldn't say Dak Prescott's an elite quarterback. I would say he's a he's in the classification of very good. But I wouldn't go, hey, if I wanted to win a ball game, Dak would be one of my guys that I would choose from quarterbacks in the league to win a game. He wouldn't be that guy. I think he has a lot of empty calorie stats too. Then again, I think Jalen has a lot of empty calorie stats. You know, it's a lot easier to get stats when you're behind and you got to throw the ball 40 times. Wentz has a ring. (laughs) Jay goes, hey, Jay, I like the way you put it. And I understand it. They all have to really prove it. Philly 559, I agree. Okay? I'm just talking about the guys who I think are the best in that division right now. All right? That's what I'm saying. I think the guys that are the best in that division, and I would say it's Dak Prescott. Who's the best coach in the NFC East, in your opinion? Mike McCarthy's got a ring. But if you wanted to play for one guy and if you thought you had to have one guy prepare your football team to win a ball game, who would it be? I said it's Ron Rivera. I think Ron Rivera is a hell of a coach. And he's becoming of a dying breed a little bit because he's a defensive-minded guy. Sirianni, really? We're going to have to wait on that one a little bit. I do think it's Ron Rivera. I'd take him over Mike McCarthy. Okay, I I would. I'd take him over Mike McCarthy. Um, I think Rivera, with all the troubles that the Washington commander things have gone through with their stupid owner and how that owner runs that franchise, for him to be able to win ball games still, in my opinion, I give him a lot of kudos. So the best quarterback in the NFC is Dak Prescott. The best coach is Ron Rivera so far. Sydney, I would say this about Dan, uh, Brian Dable. I don't know yet. He was a good assistant. I'm not there to say that yet he's a good head coach. How do you know? Okay. How do you know? 
Yeah, just keep Jimmy G out of New York. That's what I'm saying, too. Yeah, Sirianni's unproven. He hasn't done shit yet. Okay, this is going to be an interesting one. What team in the NFC East has the best wide receiver? Get CeeDee Lamb. You've got A.J. Brown. You've got Terry McLaurin, who just signed a contract compatible to A.J. Brown. And look at the quarterbacks that Terry McLaurin has dealt with. And he's still putting up numbers. Actually, if you look at let me let me take a look at that. Who's put up? I gotta I'll, I'll have to do that in the next time out. But who's put up better numbers over the last couple of years when it comes to the wide receiver position? Terry McLaurin or AJ Brown? AJ Brown's wide receiver numbers are not spectacular. They're they're not. They're not going to sit here and make you go like this. Holy cow, man! This guy here. This guy. This guy is a fantasy football freak. He's not. Who would be the best wideout? GT says, I think AJ. I'm with you. GT, I'm with you. I think AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown. Um, Smitty's not number three. Dude, he's not number three. It goes AJ Brown. It goes McLaurin. It goes CeeDee Lamb. And then it goes Devontae Smith. He's probably fourth. It's not bad. That's not bad. In his second year, he's the fourth best receiver in the NFC East. It's pretty good when you're talking about two guys that are making $25 million a year and another guy who plays in Dallas is also going to make a boatload of money. He's also going to be a $20 million a year guy. Devontae Smith is not going to be a $20 million a year guy in Philly. He's not. You think you think Devontae Smith will ever make the money that A.J. Brown's making with those numbers, 900 yards and 65 catches? Not happening. As, here, I'll make you a point on this. As long as Jalen Hurts is the starting quarterback in Philadelphia, Devontae Smith will never make the money that he'll deserve because he'll never put the numbers up. That's when your receiver starts to get pissed. Okay? That's when your receiver starts to get pissed because he knows he's not being looked at and he's not being given the opportunity to get what he deserves. Do I think Devontae Smith in another program with a better quarterback would be making $20 million a year? Same way I do think Jamar Chase is going to make $20 million a year one day. I think Jalen Waddle is going to make a $20 million a year contract. Devontae's never going to make that. I, I, like I said, over these next three years, what's left on his contract, if that guy has 1,000 yards two of the four years, I'll be shocked. And it's not because of him. Seals, he had 900 yards in his first year. So what? Jamar Chase had 1,500 yards with a quarterback and theoretically his first year with the shitty Bengals. The Bengals. That's the point. Joe Burrow's a passer. Even with the worst O-line in football, Jamar Chase still had 1,500 yards because he had a quarterback. Look, someone's got to get him the ball. Receivers, I think people look at the wide receiver position and they see a talented kid and they go, well, 
He put up 1,300 yards. Yeah, he had Patrick Mahomes. Here, I'm going to make this point to you. You think Tyreek Hill has the same numbers in Miami that he had in Kansas City? Really? Oh, Mahomes, Tua. Mahomes, Tua. You don't think there's going to be a drop-off. Who was that wide receiver? What was that wide receiver's name that played in Pittsburgh and got traded to the Dolphins? What was his name, Williams? It was something like that. He had like 100 catches with Roethlisberger. What was that guy's name? And he goes to Miami, and he was a turd. What was that guy? Mike Wallace. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Thank you, Chalk It Up Sports. That guy had a great year with Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh goes like this. I'm not giving that guy the money. He goes to Miami and shits the bed. I was going like this. If that guy thinks he's going to have the same numbers that he had in Pittsburgh with a future Hall of Fame quarterback in Roethlisberger that he's going to have down there in that shitty system under Joe Philbin, and he had Ryan Tannehill. Yeah, that's a that ain't happening. How can you compare Chase and Burrow to Hertz and Smith? Oh no, no, no. I'm not comparing Smith and Chase. I'm comparing Burrows and Hertz. If it was reverse, you think Chase, you think Jamar Chase has 1,500 yards in Philadelphia last year? He has the same numbers that Devontae Smith has. That's my point. Well, you think I'm wrong? If Devontae Smith's in Green Bay, how many yards do you think he has? How many catches and yards do you think he has if he has a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers? I think he has 100 catches, like Waddle did last year. I think he has about 1,300 yards. Wallace blew his knee out. (laughs) I worked in Miami at the time. (laughs) Kyle goes... Damn, this show sucks. Awful. Sucks listening daily. Thank you, Kyle. You fail to realize we're not tied to Hurts beyond this year. He doesn't get them the ball. They're drafting a quarterback. He's not going to get Devontae Smith the ball like you think he's going to, or for that matter, A.J. Brown. Again, just talking about the wide receiver position here. Us, best wide receiving core. In the NFC East, yes. Yes. I agree. Too bad you don't have a guy to get him the ball. Watch this. Here'd be my all-star NFC East offensive attack. Dak Prescott, A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith. Oh, wait. Dak Prescott, A.J. Brown, and Terry McLaurin. That'd be my all-star team. Shit, it might be Tony Pollard, too, as my running back. C. 
16 touchdowns ain't going to cut it. All right, let's move on now. Who's got the top edge rusher? Looks like Chase Young's not going to be available for the start of the season for Washington. Okay? Looks like he's not going to be available. So I think it's Micah Parsons. Um, Chase Young would be second, but I've got to put Hassan Reddick there, I think, because he's healthy. I'm telling you, the problem that I have with Hassan Reddick is this. I'm not sure the Eagles know how to use him yet. That's my concern. Reddick is not a better pass rusher than Micah Parsons. Stop it. And for that matter, Reddick's not better of a pass rusher than Chase Young when healthy. But I can't give Young the health, not until I see him play. So Reddick is two. He's two by default. But Hassan Reddick is not in the class of class of Chase Young or Michael Parsons. That's a fact. Now, Reddick, by the fact that Young's not healthy at the start of the season, he gets the two hole. Demarcus Lawrence. He's in there. Based off last year, Hertz won't get the wide receiver the ball. But this year's a new year. We can only hope. Seals, do you think at any point in time Hertz can progress as a passer at all? Because I just thought about it. If we go nine and eight or ten and seven, but Hertz throws for 39, 42, 100 yards and runs for a thousand. Um, let me tell you something. If he he runs for 1,000 yards and throws for 4,200 yards. The conversation of the quarterback scenario is out. Look at Dominique. Dominique says that Reddick is a better pass rusher than Chase Young. Shows you how dumb you are, dude. NFL is filing an appeal on the Watson ruling. I, we're going to hit on all this. We're at the top of the hour. Xander, I didn't even see it. I want to hit on that. And by the way, the NFL loves drama. I'm going to explain. I also want to talk about the first opponent that the Eagles are going to play in the preseason. That's the Jets. We'll finish up too. Best in the NFC, DB and O-line. We got that coming up. Please hit the like button. Hour two. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Exodus. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, 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 and that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Yo, okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Seals. Please hit the like button. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And we love the fact that you're coming aboard. Yeah, you're right, Dominique. Hassan Reddick is a better talent than Chase Young. What an idiotic comment. He's got nine. Se- yeah, he played one year. Okay, you're right. He got hurt last year. You actually think that Hassan Reddick is a better player than Chase Young. Wow. What an idiot. Guy's going on his third team in three years. No, Dominique. Try sounding smarter. Damn, dog. Hey, don't forget, Philly 500 in hour number three at 530. So the National Football League enjoys drama. They enjoy it. They're filing an appeal. Guess who your starting quarterback in Cleveland is day one? This year in 2022 against Carolina Panthers. You got it. It's Deshaun Watson. They're going to file an appeal. Okay? Whatever the NFL comes out with, they'll file an appeal with the NFL Players Association. And just like Brady, just like Zeke Elliott, he's going to play 16 games this year or 17 games this year. They're not going to hold him out. And get this, the National Football League negotiated this in the last collective bargaining agreement. This is what they wanted. Now they're moving to chains again. Classic. You see, the NFL doesn't like it or get their way. They take their bat and ball and move it on the players. All the time. This is classic. This is not me really sticking up for Deshaun. It's more so sticking up for due process. Guy has his right. So what's the point of even going to the judge to get the ruling then? If the NFL is going to void it, what was the point of all that? It was a charade. The NFL, like, the, hey, Xander, you remember David Hill? It was on the show. Cowboys were going through some. 
they were going through some drama. Remember the whole Michael Irvin thing? And Jerry Jones went like this. Remember, remember he goes like this. Hey, I'm going to clean this up, man. We got to clean this up. David Hill goes, don't you dare touch my Cowboys. I said, Jerry, don't touch the Cowboys. This is amazing content. This is amazing. NFL loves this. So now what happens is with the appeal, this gets dragged on for another 18 months. Instead of it going away, the NFL embraces this stuff. Don't think they don't. Vince McMahon couldn't have scripted something any better than this. I tweeted it out on my Twitter page, too, at Dan Cilio Show, because I knew what the league was going to do. This is the shit they love. This gets clicks. This keeps them on the front page, good or bad. And now the starting quarterback for the Cleveland Browns in week one of the 2022 season will be Deshaun Watson. Just by precedent. How idiot, how much of an idiot do you have to be not to see how they're working this? Holy cow. They love drama, man. They do. Hawk says, Cilio, who's a better player in your opinion, Parson, Dean, or Chase Young? Dean who? Nicobe Dean, who hasn't played a down yet in the NFL? Take that dude right off the list. How do you know if he's good? Because you drafted him and he's an eagle? How do you know if that guy's good or not? You have no idea if that guy's good. A rookie? Meat? Fresh meat? Let's see him play a down first. Eric's right. Controversy sells. That's why they're appealing this. This is beautiful. Okay. This is a beaut- This is the way the NFL scripts stories. This is reality television at its best. <laughs> they settled with all the women. All the women have settled. A ruling came in that they negotiated. They don't like it. So now they're throwing that out. It just shows you how pathetic the league is and how much of a, what was it? A sideshow window dressing. What's that lady's name? Sue. What? What's her name? Sue Robinson, bro. That Sue Robinson decision is horseshit means nothing. The league was never going to follow it anyway. (laughs) And you got an owner in Miami, who's fixing ball games. And you had something settled. And you got an owner fixing games and firing a blackhead coach for no reason. I'm going to tell you something. What's a bigger and more damaging case against the league? Firing a blackhead coach who you had no right firing. An owner fixing games. An owner Breaching contracts with Sean Payton and Tom Brady versus the Deshaun Watson case. What do you think is more damaging to the sport itself? What that clown did in Miami, Stephen Ross. 
So the NFL is for hiring equality. When you treat Brian Flores like that, you call him a liar. When the owner is bribing him, Jesus, criminy. This is perfect cover for Stephen Ross. They're going to throw Deshaun Watson in front now as their main story. They were weighing it out. What story now? When this thing came out, you fired a black head coach for no reason, and you talk about equality. He'll be blackballed for the rest of his coaching career as a head coach. Ryan Flores, he'll never get a job again. He is your Colin Kaepernick of head coaches now, Brian Flores. You think one of these owners are going to hire that guy for calling out an owner? Welcome to the Colin Kaepernick Club. Brian Flores is now a new member. The only problem is with that pass, you can't get out of jail. You're there for life. Whatever you think, Colin Kaepernick, he had a right to fail. He had a right to suck. He had a right to get cut. Bringing that shit into my organization. <laughs> Bringing that guy in too. Narking out an owner. How many conversations do you... Hey, let's just use this. Did the Sixers tank to get better draft choices under the Elton Brand plan? Owner's never going to admit that they were losing games on purpose. It's kind of a common practice. No one ever says it because it is theoretically fixing games. So now you've got Deshaun Watson in front of the Stephen Ross story. And Brady. How about Brady? Hey, by the way, I was right about Garoppolo going to Tampa. And I'll 100% put my st- – how do you trust Don Yee now? So Don Yee in 2019 is talking to the New England Patriots on behalf of Stephen Ross and Bruce Beal, the VP of operations. And they're trying to get Brady – a 5% percentage ownership of the, of the Dolphins to have him come down and play. And in that entire process, they're also talking to a coach under contract in New Orleans. Okay? So Don Yee knows he's breaching contract with the Patriots and then eventually with the Buccaneers. He knows it. He's lying. He was going to put Garoppolo in Tampa. He represents Jimmy G. That's what I was hearing. And Brady behind the scene was talking to the Dolphins the whole time. Retired. He was never retired. He was going to use the retired clause to get his ass down to Miami because they thought they saw a loophole. When they realized there wasn't one, Brady ran back to Tampa. And everybody denied the story that I had. Really? You trust Don Yee now? This guy's having conversations with two different scenarios between the Patriots and the Buccaneers to get Brady a 5%. He would have made money on it too. He had to lie because he got caught with his hand in the cookie jar. Wasn't it funny too? People like Rick Stroud, Tom Palacero, 
And all those other lowlifes immediately attacked me because you know why? Brady's people made sure my story died. Cilio lied. Cilio did this. Well, now we see why. You're cutting deals with the Dolphins. You know the funny thing about the Dolphins and how pathetic that owner is down in South Florida? By the way, he should lose his franchise. He should resign the ownership of that team. He's the worst owner in Dolphin history. Joe Robbie must be spinning in his grave. How would you like to get the answers to a test and you still fail and you are cheating? Can't be any more Dolphin-like than that. Stephen Ross thought he had the answers to the exam and he failed anyway. You know why? Because he's a loser. <laughs> GT goes to Sean will rebuild his image. I don't, dude, I think you get one reputation. I think it's ruined. And when it's ruined like that, I don't think you get it back. That's right, Eric. The Dolphins aren't winning shit with that owner. He's terrible. They need to sell that franchise to somebody. How about this? Here's a great example where you could try to get black ownership in the Johnson family or whomever to buy the Dolphins and truly become a, a diverse ownership group like you have in the NBA where you have some minority ownership instead of having percentage ownership but not real full control. Here's a great opportunity. League will never do that. White Boy Club will never do that. Not happening. I'm not saying all owners are like that. I'm saying the majority of them are. Okay? To really be a diverse company, you've got to have versatility inside your company to be able to understand that you've got to constantly move with what the changing times are. And if you don't have diverse people in your company, there's no way you're growing as a company. You can't be set in your old ways the way the league is. I think people aren't eventually, like Eagle fans, every time I try to BS you guys, you see right through it. See, what happens is the NFL fans, we're smarter than what the owners think we are. You know the people that cover politics, CNN, Fox News? We're smarter than the people that cover Washington. We know they're BS and full of shit. But they think we're stupid, like like we're wrestling fans. Jay-Z, Dr. Dre. Got to have great ideas, Forte. NFL uses Shade Khan as a diversity owner. Sure, okay. The owners don't look at it. The owners tell you what you want to hear and do what they want to do. Once you understand that, then you'll understand the league. And by the way, many times the league's not racist. They're not. The only thing color they see is green. You know, I, I tell people this. You know those hometown hero things? Or you know the pink ribbons? You know the NFL gets 95% of the 
revenue that comes for that. And you know what they tell the people that are dying of cancer and fighting for cancer or the hometown heroes? You know that every year the NFL sends the Pentagon a bill for hometown heroes? The Pentagon pays the NFL to advertise that? What, do you think the NFL is doing that for free? Hometown heroes? <laughs> the Pentagon gets a bill every year. And the, the fight for cancer, you know what they tell you? Hey, you're lucky to be using our platform so that you can be relevant. And they keep the majority of the profits. Well, you think they're doing that for free for cancer victims? Yeah, Timothy, the Pentagon gets a bill for hometown heroes. They're not doing that for free. Those flyovers? <laughs> really? Leak sends them a bill. They send them a bill for it. Cancer gets like 100K a year. I think it's a little more than that, GT. Okay? I think it's a little more than that. I I, I would hope it's more. I can't. I, I, I would hope it's more than that. Let's take a look at the Jets. Please hit the like button. Hey, guys, I don't mean to tell you some of the things that goes on with the league, but I've had really great you – know, you, know, you know who told me all this stuff? Can I tell you? I'll give you a guy who told me all this stuff. And he's been friends with me, lived in Tampa. Mr. DeBartolo used to tell me all the shitty deals. And Mr. DeBartolo had an ass with the league for years. As you know, he got thrown out of the league. Okay? Because of, um, they, he got thrown out of the league because of that gambling in Louisiana. He was tied in with the governor. And that's how he lost the 49ers. Okay. Just remember this, though. And Xander's right. Understand this, though. Our tremendous passion that we have for the Eagles for football, that's what we love. There's an ugly side of the business aspect of the game that really doesn't pertain to us. Okay? It really doesn't. It's, 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 I show up to Lincoln Financial to watch the Eagles play, not to talk about the politics of the Eagles or ownership. That's our passions. Remember that. Football, we love it. It's America's pastime. And that's what we're here for. Not about some of the shady dealings that go on with the league. So I want to make that clear. I love the league. But there's a, about 10% of it that we could all do without. But the one thing that we know and one thing that we love is Mondays, Thursdays, and Sundays. That's the beautiful thing of football. Football is king, Kevin. Football is king. Hawk says, Cilio, mark my words. Hertz will be a $50 million quarterback next year. Remember that. Unless he's playing Monopoly, that ain't happening. <laughs> Unless he's playing Monopoly or... 
something else, <laughs> or he hits the lottery, or he hits the Powerball. Okay. Eric, the playoffs last year were just awesome. They were. I think this year's going to be. I think this year's just absolutely going to be sensational. All right, let's take a look at the 2022 New York Jets. This is going to be the first opponent for the Eagles in their exhibition season. Let me put this, and I'm going to try to do this as non pessimist of the Jets look when your most famous New York Jet is Fireman Ed okay when your most famous guy is Fireman Ed I have a problem giving you a preview of a team I do happen to think the worst is behind them right now I don't know how many times I've said that but I do think that the worst is behind them um, they're continuing to build the football team around Zach Wilson. Joe Douglas is doing the best job he can, the former Eagle executive, and I really like Joe Douglas as a general manager. I think he's doing all the right things to try to get this football team back on its tracks, whatever that means, for Jet fans. They were 4-13 and last year under Robert Saley. Okay, I personally believe that he's the wrong coach. I'm not a fan of him. I think the Jets' O-line's going to be better this year. I think they made some upgrades on it. They drafted. I think they've done some things. Okay? I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be as serious as I can about the Jets because it's just one of those landfill holes that we see every year after year after year in New York. It's just a landfill of failure. They go out, they get the kid Garrett Wilson. They add him to the mix, which means they're still trying to build around Zach Wilson. Obviously, the whole team is going to be around whether or not Zach Wilson's the guy. Do I think Zach Wilson can be somebody? Man, I don't know yet. When I see Zach Wilson, I see this. I don't know. I think there's a little immaturity still. I think he's a better version of Baker Mayfield a little bit. You know, this this loose attitude, and it's not really a tight fit attitude that you're looking for for that position. Like Jalen Hurts is the blueprint of what you want your quarterback and how you want your quarterback to act. If there's any way that you could put a blueprint on how Dak Prescott has had, how he's represented himself and how you see Jalen representing themselves, that's exactly what you want your quarterback to represent and how you want your quarterback to handle themselves. Okay. You, you want your guy to represent your company that way. That being said, I, I don't see that yet. I see that there's still some immaturity in this kid. If you thought that the Jets' offense was bad last year, which it was, how can the defense be worse with a defensive-minded guy who came over from San Francisco? I look at him and I go like this. I, I, I just don't see the upgrades. They get Sauce Gardner. That's a Joe Douglas move. 
He's the best corner that was in the draft. Kid from Cincinnati. I like the kid. I think the kid's got talent. I think the kid has an opportunity to do something. But then again, you're in New York with the Jets. Now, I will say this. The Giants, who were a model of consistency for decades, they've also been a train wreck for the last 10 years. There's a lot of instability, in my opinion, in both New York teams. They're just not well run. Now, the Giants get a new coach and they get a brand new general manager. The Jets have a general manager in there that I think is a talented guy, Joe Douglas. But I don't know if you're going to be able to change the culture inside that organization. And I think Robert Saley's not a good coach. I think you need somebody in that position that's more of an offensive-minded guy to try to get that guy moving in the right direction and make him understand what playing the quarterback position in the NFL is all about. I saw spurts where I thought, by the way, I think he's got a pretty decent arm. I just don't know if he knows where to go with the ball yet. Okay? I just have a ton of questions for the Jets. Defensively, offensively, pass rushing, moving the chains, coaching. To me, it reminds me, and again, I mean, this totally sounds like jet bashing, but when the Eagles play them in their first exhibition game, the Jets remind me of a toilet bowl that is just circling and circling and circling and circling and circling. You got a bunch of crap in it, and you just can't flush it. And you just can't clean the whole thing out. You're just sitting in the same stuff every single year. They can't get out of their own way. It's, it's, it's like a culture thing. You know, I give Howie Roseman this. And, and whether you agree or not agree, the one thing was this. He and Doug Peterson didn't get along. I would say this to you too. Wentz and the general manager didn't get along. Well, to Howie's credit, you know what he did? With the power that he does have, what did he do? Cleaned house. When you're going, when the Eagles go into the 2022 season, there's not going to be a lot of drama like you're seeing in Cleveland or in Miami or in Tampa. I think this is stuff with Stephen Ross. I don't think so much New England because New England has been very good at handling it. I saw what Belichick said about it. He goes, we're worrying about training camp. We're not worrying about that crap. It's the right answer. Okay? That's drama. The, the, the Kyler Murray little addendum that they put into the contract, that's, that's self-inflicted stuff. To Howie's credit, there's nothing going into the regular season against the Lions. Well, there's any drama in that locker room like there was for three years under Doug Peterson at the end of that run. There, there, there's nothing like that. There's nobody. Near- What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Feeling at the statue of Nick Foles now. There's nobody talking in corners about Wentz and this and that. 
Peterson's infamous meetings on Monday, why you won the game by three points. There's, there's really none of that going on. Okay? Yeah. Yale. Rat poison. To, to use Nick Saban's line, only like the 2022 Detroit Lions will. Right, Sills? I think Dan Campbell's doing a great job of trying to turn that thing around up there. I think the one thing they're working on is culture. Anytime you got people like Barry Sanders and Chris Bielman working in a front office like that, they're going to do everything in their power to make sure they try to turn that shit around. So, yes, I know both men very well. And if you've got Chris Spielman and if you have Barry Sanders in your front office working on culture and working on changing an attitude, yeah, I'm pretty good with what Dan Campbell's doing in Detroit. So to your point, PP, yeah. Let's see if it translates into W's and L's. Look at Bob Brown here. Seals, I heard Tampa removed the guy who questioned Brady about tampering yesterday. Did you hear anything on it? I'll check. I'd be very question. I'd be very interested to see who that media person was. Guarantee it wasn't Rick Stroud. Rick Stroud was the guy who questioned my reporting on Tom Brady and Jimmy Garoppolo and all that stuff with them going and putting Jimmy Garoppolo in Tampa. Isn't that interesting? The Buccaneers are now guarding Tom Brady. How interesting. How interesting. Xander says, I think the Eagles smoked the Lions in week one, similar to how we smoked Atlanta in week one. Yeah, well, there was the element of surprise in that one. There's going to be no surprises when it comes to this game against Detroit. You played him a year ago. There's game film on Jalen. And there was an element of surprise last year. You had no idea what Jalen Hurts and what Nick Sirianni was going to throw at you in that Atlanta game. There's more intel this year, Xander. You've played him. You know what his strengths and weaknesses are. They'll put a game plan to that. They know Nick Sirianni. And they know the offensive coordinator's mentality on what they want to try to do. There's game film of them having even played the Lions last year, even in a loss. So you have more intel to put a game plan and more situational play calling plays together because of the fact that you have played each other, you saw each other, you saw the talent that was on the field, and you know the strengths and weaknesses of the Eagles. Last year when the Eagles went into Atlanta, you had no idea about the coach. You had no idea about the quarterback. They were coming off a 4-11-1 season. Atlanta, you had really question marks on defense on the other side of the football. And you knew Matt Ryan. That's it. There was an element of surprise last year with Jalen Hurts and with the head coach. That's not going to be an asset you have this year. One of the great things that D coordinators and offensive coordinators do, they get a book on you immediately. That's why, to me, you see a lot of quarterbacks in the second-year struggle 
because it's up to that quarterback and coach and coordinator to elevate their game. And when you can't elevate like you did in the first year and you had those small increment developments like you saw with Josh Allen in year two, then you saw the leap in year three because he knew what he had to improve on. That's what usually you have with the sophomore slump when people talking about it, coaching-wise as well. Matt Nagy went through that in Chicago. Won a division title, turned around, shit the bed the next year. Got a book on him. So this Detroit game, hey, and by the way, don't rest on what you did a year ago to that team. I believe the Lions will be a completely different ball team when you face them. I don't think you're better. I mean, I don't think the Lions are better than the Eagles. But you're on the road. It's week one. Guys in Vegas think it's close. Three and a half. I mean, they don't make a living on losing. There's a reason. If that thing was six and a half, seven and a half, you're probably looking at a game like last year. The guys in Vegas don't even think think it's like that. They think that game's going to be closer. If that line starts moving, I'll start moving. Dan, if we sign Jalen, who won't be able to re-sign next year? Sign him to what? That'll be the question. You sign him to a $45 million contract? You're going to have a problem keeping the $25 million a year wide receiver in the building. PP says they're awful. Okay. Good luck to you. I got that down as a win. I hope you win it. Christopher, week one, the most craziest shit happens. Christopher, don't tell PP that. Let him lose his money because you're right. You never know what to expect in the opening week of the NFL season. It's one of the more chaotic weeks because you don't know what teams are and what teams didn't practice hard enough or what have you. You're right. Even Vegas shakes on their knees when it's week one (laughs) point spreads, man. Hey, Vegas traditionally gets killed on that week. Okay. Week one. Cause you just don't know what to look at with a respected team. Didn't green Bay last year, week two or something like that. Didn't they get killed by new Orleans or something? I forget what it was. They got whooped on last year. Everyone was starting to go, Oh, Aaron Rodgers is not looking that he comes back and he has an MVP season. I was like, relax. Green Bay lost. Oh, was it week one last year? What was was did, was that really week one last year that they lost? They got smoked by New Orleans last year, and and Aaron Rodgers goes on to have an MVP season. But you're right, hey, PP, you're right, man. Brandon Lewis, thirty-eight ten. Wow. Saints beat the Packers thirty-eight to three with Jameis Winston. Wow. Eagles play Jameis Winston this year, don't they? Week 17. Last five years, Eagles usually win their first game but lose the second game. Oh, I got you losing the second game, too, to the Vikings. Justin Jefferson Day. Ten catches, 184, three touchdowns. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Silio, what am I trolling? Lions could win. Eh. You might, hey, you might want to take, you might want to take the under. The genius of Dan Campbell and his golden arm of Jeff, Jared Goff are going to lead the team to what? Funny, that quarterback has done 10 times the things your quarterback has done. Hey, get to an NFC title game first before you start talking shit on someone who won one. Look at that for a second. Beat a team that matters. They actually beat a winning team last year. Do you know that? Oh, excuse me. I think they tied a team. I think they I think they tied, didn't they? Didn't they tie like the Steelers? They tied. Excuse me, I forgot. No. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, you know, you're right. Eagles, Vikings, Jalen Hurts throws three touchdowns. Okay. Hey, by the way, let me ask you this in that second week. Since you guys are so confident about that Viking game, you think you got a better offense than the Vikings? You think you have a better wide receiving core than Minnesota? KJ Osborne ain't that bad either at tight end. Their back is twice as good as anything Philly has. You think you have a better offense? You do, Ty. Quarterback who threw for 70% completion percentage last year. And a receiver who... Dominated the game of Justin Jefferson. Even even Adam Thielen's better. You think you have a better offense than than Minnesota? I'm going to take a timeout. <laughs> I'm going to take a timeout. I need to gather myself <laughs> on that one. I hate to tell you guys. Yeah, in the trenches, you're one dimensional. Gaming can't throw the ball. You can only run the ball. That team can run it and throw it. And you got a guy on Justin Jefferson who's going to want to eat up the Eagles for passing them for that stiff Jalen Rager. You got a running back who's a 1,300-yard back a year. You got a quarterback who throws for 4,400 yards and 30 touchdowns every year. Really? Thielen is number two here. So is Devontae. All right. Hey, Morgan and Morgan, where the talent knows this. We tell everybody this. All the people out there, the talented people when it comes to representing law and it comes to representing all the folks out there, there's a lot of talented law firms, but none is bigger than Morgan and Morgan. Okay? They're a talented law firm that gets the job done. They're a law firm that does this. They don't get paid unless you do. If you're hurt or injured on the job, Morgan & Morgan is the number one law firm when it comes to representing clients and getting fair compensation if you've been hurt or injured on the job, more so than any law firm in the country. For the People is not a slogan. This is what they've done for 30 years, collecting 
over $13.5 billion worth of compensation for their clients. Folks, they got over 800 attorneys and offices in Philadelphia, New York, and in Florida. And as I tell you, they're the biggest law firm in the United States of America. They're there to do battle for you. There's no such thing as a fender bender. Call them at 800-512-1600. That's 800-512-1600. Open 24-7, seven days a week. 800-512-1600. And when you call Morgan & Morgan, do me a favor. Tell them Big Seal sent you. After a car crash, the big insurance companies you see advertising on TV, they may try to downplay your case and might say it's only a fender bender or it's just a herniated disc. I worry that some law firms fall for this BS, not us. We put ourselves in your shoes and ask, what would it be like to be in your pain for the rest of our lives? A million dollars wouldn't be enough for me. There's only one Morgan & Morgan for the people.com. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears.
Welcome back. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Seals. Please hit the like button. I want to show you something here, what this guy Ty Bishop is saying right here. The Vikings had all that offensive power, won eight games last year. Wasn't because of the offense. Kirk Cousins threw seven picks last year, dude. The Vikings had the least amount of turnovers offensively than any team in the league. He threw for 33 touchdowns last year. 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks, 66-3 completion percentage. Wasn't the offense. Was Mike Zimmer in that shit defense? They had the least amount of turnovers of any team in the league. Wasn't that offense. You're wrong, guy. It was the fact that the defense was a sieve last year. They couldn't stop anybody. Do you blame a guy who had 33 touchdowns and seven picks? You pray that Jalen Hurts won't have 33 touchdowns in two years combined. Jesus, criminy. Show some common sense and do some homework on it. And it... Where did that get him? It's a team sport, ding dong. It was the complete meltdown why Mike Zimmer got fired. Was because of the defense. Was it because of Cousins? Like I said, Cousins has been a model of consistency. Okay? Here, look at this. 33 touchdowns. 35 touchdowns, 26 touchdowns, 30 touchdowns. Last year, 42-21. Year before that, 42-65. Year before that, 42-98. Year before that, 4,093. You've had one 4,000-yard passing quarterback in the Eagle franchise's history. And you're calling this guy, once again, as we go over this, your inability not to see what good and bad is, is unbelievable. And don't make it sound like he's not a completion percentage freak. He led the NFL in 15 with 70, 70.8, 64.3, 70.1, 69.1, 67.6, 66.3. What was your guy last year? 61.1? Come on, man. I'm sick of beating this thing down. You have no idea what you're talking about. What throwing the ball means and what a guy who's skilled at it Versus a guy who's still learning at it. You know, the reason why Paulie Shore throws those stats out, you think they're throwing stats out like that about Kirk Cousins or Tom Brady or Joe Burrow in practice about practice stats? Throwing the air? Don't try to overconvince me on something here. It's dumb when you're trying to overcook something. Usually tastes bad. Chicago is a shit show. Fly says Jalen will make it two quarterbacks with four. Jalen will no doubt have 3,900 yards, 677 rushing and 84% completion. Eagles fan, that's going to get tested out in week two, isn't it? 
Hey, ask Justin Jefferson if he thinks Kirk Cousins sucks. <laughs> let me let me let me look at that one more time here. Jalen Rager, every time I talk about Justin Jefferson, must just go into a heart attack. Justin Jefferson stats. What could have been? Justin Jefferson has 196 catches in two years. <laughs> 3,016 in two years. And 17 touchdowns. Yeah, I bet he hates Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I bet he hates him. I bet he hates him with almost 200 catches in two years. I bet he hates him. As Eagle fan, how embarrassing the playoff game against Tampa was. He's the only player in NFL history to have 3K in two seasons. That's what Xander says. Xander, I bet he hates Kirk Cousins. Cousin sucks. He's the only wide receiver, including Jerry Rice, Randy Moss, and he sucks. And he's going to make some. <laughs> Xander, great take. Wish I could post it, so I'll say it. Kirk Cousins is going to get a contract extension in Minnesota because of Justin Jefferson. You're damn right. He'll, he'll be up near the $35 million. I wouldn't give him in the 40s. Then again, he's put up better numbers. Would we agree, Xander? He's put it When you look at Kirk Cousins, don't you see Matthew Stafford? Matthew Stafford was one in three in Detroit before he got to Los Angeles. I mean, No. He's got better numbers than Kyler Murray by a pretty wide margin. Xander, don't you think? Kirk Cousins in Minnesota versus Matthew Stafford, Detroit. Don't you see the same guy? And by the way, Matthew Stafford had Calvin Johnson up there. He had Megatron. Don't make it sound like he didn't have anybody. That guy had Megatron. That guy was also a freak show up there in Detroit. He didn't have a running game. But he didn't have a running game like, like, like Stafford does. But don't you – Kirk Cousins and Matthew Stafford were the same guy. We're the same guy. Stafford got better coaching when he got to Los Angeles. So wait a minute. He has better weapons? So last year you had Woods, Odell Beckham, and Cooper Cup, and a better play-calling coach than Mike Zimmer in Los Angeles. Sean McVay is a great play-caller. He's 36 years old. He's won two NFC title games and a Super Bowl. I don't know. That's Don Shula shit. For a young coach like that, that's like Don Shula stuff. Like Vikings game, how many points you giving us, Sills? 
Why? You're at home. Why would you give me, why would I give you any points? You're at home. You give me points. If they suck so by the way, Cousins was eight and eight last year. He missed the game and still put up those numbers. <laughs> How many points you giving me? Well, no, I got you losing that game sack. Yes. Yes. I got you losing the FedEx game too. Winning the Jags, losing cards, losing that Bucks, losing that Cowboy game. They got the best. Oh no, no, no! They got a better O than you got. How many points on the Viking? No, no, you guys are at home. You're at home, dude. Hertz will have Sill saying he was wrong. Watch. God, I hope so for my show's sake. I think you guys are under the impression here that I'm hoping that he fails. I'm just having fun with you folks, and you can't take it. You sound like sensitive Xander. <laughs> you sound like sensitive Xander. See, I'm not sensitive. <laughs> Uh, I, I, I'm not, I'm not sensitive here. Hey, hey, hey you want to hear? Here's what Xander says. Xander goes like this: Sills, if Jalen Hurts throws for 4,500 yards, this show's going to explode. Dear God, please let him throw for. Hey, watch this. I swear to you. I swear, he, I want him to throw for 4,500 yards. I swear to you. Xander goes, you're the most sensitive man I've met. How dare you? How dare you say such a thing? Really? Right? This guy thinks I'm Aton or whatever his name was. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry I almost fainted. <laughs> yeah. uh, hey, are you guys under some impression? You guys are really thinking... Okay? You guys are really thinking that I want fa- that I want failure? Dominique says, I have 150 views a show. Bro, I put up over 25,000 views a week. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. And that's in the off-season. Wait till the regular season comes. It's all right, Dominique. Keep praying. You're just like the rest of them. It's all good. Right, and Dominique's here watching the show. So you're one of them. (laughs) Hey, so Dominique, wait a minute here. You're praying for my downfall? I'm not praying for Jalen's downfall. Why would I want him to fail? Are you kidding me? That would be awful for my show. Cousins' numbers are empty calories like Dax. Well, what were Jalen's last year? 
He didn't beat a team that was a winning team. Come on, man. Come on. Oh, by the way, so tomorrow, Thursday night football, here we go. Doug Peterson, your Super Bowl winning coach, is going to make his debut. Man, am I pulling for Doug. Okay? Man, am I pulling for Doug. I can't wait. Doug. Man. I Hey, let me ask you this. Who wins a playoff game first, Doug Peterson or Nick Sirianni? Who wins a playoff game first? Nick or Doug and his new team with the Jags? Jalen Hurts is a Maserati. Dude, Jalen Hurts, okay, I mean, no disrespect. He's a Volkswagen. <laughs> He's a Volkswagen. Sydney says Nick. 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 Yeah, he's a Beetle. <laughs> Jalen Hurts is a Volkswagen Beetle. And I'm talking like the 1970s Beetle. The one you can roll down the hill and you hit the clutch and it starts. That thing. <laughs> My grandfather had three of them. Had one that was orange too. It's crazy. Only because the AFC is loaded. Kevin, that's a good take. All kidding aside. You beat Arizona. Hertz is better than Trevor Lawrence. Man, I got to tell you. Hertz, hey, two, Hawk 215 has got Jalen one of the top five quarterbacks, even though he doesn't practice. Yeah, but they could take a beating. Hey, and they can float on water too, Eric. Beetle can float on water. Okay, yeah, a beetle can float on water, bro. Yeah. It's Wednesday, guys. You got to understand, Sills. GT, shut up. Okay? Brandon says Jacksonville's a shithole. <laughs> hey, Brandon. I love Florida. But you're right. <laughs> Hey, Brandon, I hate it because it's gator country too, but yeah. Hey, Brandon, you're not wrong. Okay. Oof. Jackson, how you doing there, man? Coming in for the gator and bulldog game? Nah, man. See, sometimes, man, I got a little problem with the jargon down there. How you ever been to a Georgia-Florida game? Which I have, which is crazy. You get that collars and greens, and you understand what we do down here, Cilio? You know what I'm saying there, man. You a Yankee, ain't you? Yes, I'm from the north. This is Jacksonville, son. You ever see our state flag? Change the colors around, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get it. <laughs> you ever see the Florida flag, Cilio? Yes, sir. You change them colors around, son. You understand where we're coming from down here. There's a battle emblem and then there's a flag. 
You come down to Gator Country. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hertz is a turbocharged Jetta. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. How? Hey, Christopher, they got a fan base in Jacksonville? Right? Do they? Hey, all, hey, hey, Ty, you go to Jacksonville, son. You had to understand something, Silio. Drive fancy cars around here, and I see Dade County. You know what Dade County means? I used to have Dade County plates on my car. You know what Dade means to us up here in Jacksonville and Duval County? Shit, Doug must be going through a culture change, having lived in Philly, and now he's down in Duval County. When I see Dade County, son, I see D-O-P-E. Oh, drugs. Oh, I get it. Okay. <laughs> you, hey, uh, wow. NFL is appealing for an indefinite suspension of Watson with a one-year minimum and a fine. So the ruling that the judge that they debated with and collectively bargained with the NFL Players Association, not only are they telling the NFL Players Association, F you, they're telling the entire process that they negotiated to go F themselves. So your starting quarterback against Carolina will be Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. He's going to play the entire year. This will be dragged out in court. And then guess who, guess who gets dragged in court? The Texans, the Browns, and the league. But they love this. They love this stuff. Duval County, D-Train. <laughs> Dougie's got a fat one rolled up for sure. Down there, you can find them on any corner down there soon. Duval County. Yeah. Man, Doug must be like this. Shit, man, I go to Geno's to get a sandwich. Now I got to go down to Red Barber's to get a, um, to get a barbecue sandwich or Sony's. Yeah, yeah, they're going for a full suspension, indefinite suspension too. Man, gotta love the NFL. Mike on YouTube, Watson should be out of the league for what? What? What crimes? Why a, a grand jury didn't indict him? He broke no laws. This is a conduct issue. <laughs> Yell goes, "Hey, Sills, Jerome is from Brooksville." Who said that he was in country? What, were you under some impression that because Jerome Brown moved to Philly? He was in country? He wore 98 in Miami because there's a road that goes through Brooksville. That's Highway 98. I was like, why'd you wear 98? He goes, well, there's a highway that goes through Brooksville. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, 98 Highway. I'm like, man. <laughs> he loved Brooksville, though. I used to show up at his football camp. Oh, yeah. Hey, you know what I think of Jerome, man. Guy's my boy. I love him, man. Yeah. Damn. Indefinite suspension. 35 William, women isn't a baseless claim. You're up from 24 and a rep by one dude. See how everybody changes the game here? Like Mike. Mike, one guy reps 35, guy, 35 women. So let me get this right, Mike. 
What'd you do in a conference call or a Zoom call or like at a convention? You got all 35 women at a convention center and you guys decided to go after him financially, but not criminally. Is that the case? I said this yesterday, Mike. If somebody did that to my daughter, there's not enough money on the planet that wouldn't stop me from putting a shovel in his head. I don't care about the money. I want justice. And going after somebody for a hundred grand is not justice. Going after somebody first for their wallet is not justice. And now the NFL doesn't like the process that they negotiated and collectively bargained two years ago. So the league is saying this. Why did you even have that hearing then? What was the point of the hearing if you weren't going to go by the judge's ruling? It was a charade. They love this stuff. You're missing it. Yeah, no, Mike is CNN. You know what he is? He's the guy that hears innuendo BS, thinks he knows the facts, and barks out his own narrative. That's exactly correct. It's a money grab. And, hey, on the other side, though, his contact is cre- his conduct is creepy. That's what the league doesn't like, his creepy conduct. And I agree. But see, due process, when you negotiate with the... This shows you how weak the NFL's union is. Xander, if I've blown past the time up here, I got to take a timeout. We got to reset. I got Philly 500 coming up, and now we're number three. I'm sorry about that. We went past the post a little bit here. Hit the like button, please. Hour three. Keep it here on Ball Show. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero carb, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just... 
disappears. National Football Show. It's your boy, Big Seals. Appreciate you coming aboard. I'm also going to put my my friend um, LB on tomorrow. I think him and uh, Jalen Hurts have a nice little relationship going on. Lord Brunson's going to be on with us tomorrow. And I love the fact that he just texted me. He goes, sorry, Seals, because I was trying to get him on today. But, hey, Philly 500, man. We love both these guys, and we appreciate these guys coming on because it's a fan's perspective. Last week we had – like all like the analysts on this week, we're going to get our friends on here, get their perspectives. And most of the guys that I bring on, especially like LB and Philly 500, they disagree with me. So that's what's really cool about this. So again, we're going to reset everything here, but the ruling that came down here, man, is pretty incredible when we're talking about Deshaun Watson. Strange world when women say that, they want men to ask for consent. And when Watson asks for consent of a sexual nature towards women, even that is now bad. Watson was inappropriate, not criminal. D-Train, that's probably more to the center of this story. Okay? That's more probably to the center of this story. Okay? That's probably more to it. So in case you're jumping aboard with us right now, the NFL is going to appeal the ruling. And I, I wrote this on my Twitter page over at Dan Cilio show in the timeout here. And what I wrote that this is how I, uh, and by the way, I'm not suggesting to you in any way that I support Deshaun. Why I support due process. And I think the NFL players association is a joke and I'm a member I think they're a joke. How do you negotiate something and the NFL changes the game on you? I mean, you have no backbone. You cannot stand up to the league because the league will shut you down in any way possible. This is what I wrote. Shows you what the NFL thinks of the CBA. They negotiated with the NFL Players Association means to them. They didn't like the judge's ruling, so they are changing the game. The hearing was useless. Watson starts week one versus the Panthers. He's starting week one. Okay? He's starting week one. They'll appeal it. The NFL Players Association will back Watson. They negotiated this. This is why the NFLPA is put in a position to have to support Watson. They should support him. They're there for this. They're not there to be the lapdog for the NFL. Roger Goodell works for the owners. He doesn't work in sequence with the players. No matter what that guy tells you, 
He doesn't support the players. He pretends to. He works for the owners. His paycheck comes from the owners. Even on the backs of the players and what they perform on Thursdays, Sundays, and Mondays. He's not a representative of the players. He's a representative of the owners. They always change the game. And again, I'm not here to tell you that Deshaun Watson's some good dude or what have you. That's not what I'm here to tell you. I'm here to say this. Well, the NFL Players Association sat down two years ago when they carved out this new collective bargaining agreement. Everybody had a problem with Goodell wielding his wand. So what did they do? They put this kangaroo court together with Sue Robinson so that it would be public window dressing. They put that out there like that. They came up with some ruling. The NFL didn't like it. So what did they do? They took their bat and ball and moved the chains. Sitting down and negotiating it. Nah, that's not good enough. Oh. They don't think very highly of the players or the league. This is a great example of it. I don't care what you want. This is what the owners tell you. You know, many of the many of the players, when they say that they're, let me be candid, let me, let me be fair here. When they say that they're looked at as assets, let's use that word there. There's Xander, used as assets, okay? It's not really what they say you know it is, and I'm not going to go over the line. I'm editing myself, and I hate it. Even Dan has to edit himself here on our show here. Sucks. But they are assets. I don't give a shit about you. Again, remember something here. To Xander's point, that's this side of the league. Our passion is fans of Sundays, watching games, enjoying our Eagles. But this is also the Monday through Friday storylines that keep us engaged in the sport until we get to our favorite team on Sundays, the Eagles or Patriots or Bucks or what have you. Okay? Yeah, and yeah, right. Players are making hand over fist money now. Don't make it sound like these guys are not, you know, hey, look, you're, you're being paid for you compromising. You are. You're being paid for it, too, handsomely. Okay? They may have ransom on you, but they're paying you a king's ransom. Pete goes like this. Sills, you know what effed up the NFL, the Ray Rice suspension, originally two-game suspension, right? Because that was a bad look in the court of public opinion, wasn't it, Pete? So they look at the winds of public opinion, and that's how the NFL rules. And that's how the NFL looks at certain storylines. Remember when Drew Brees made a story about Colin Kaepernick a couple years ago about how he would stand for the flag? Everyone started calling Brees a racist. Everyone knows on the planet Brees is not a racist. But what's the fastest way to put a conservative on his knees? It's to call him a racist. It's a great trick that liberals have. You call someone a racist? A conservative will drop to his knees in 10 seconds because they're, they're, they're not with great strength because they're afraid of that word. They're afraid of it. Hey, that's how you drop a conservative to his knees. Call him a racist. 
So you you dropped Breeze to his knees, had to go out. What he'd spent three million dollars on whatever, and said, "Hey, you know, I would take a throw my arm around this and that." And everybody, you know, then everybody says, "Oh, maybe he's not a racist." Okay. Robert Mueller cleared Roger Goodell in the Ray Rice incident. Roger didn't see the video. <laughs> yeah, okay. Must have been with the Russia collusion thing. I must have missed that too. <laughs> no, 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 no. You don't come here for politics. Great. It's not what we do. That's not what we do here, man. No way. Why would I do that? Political rants? Sports dudes give me political rants is ass nine. Ass nine. <laughs> like, like I tell people all the time, you barely come here to watch my sports stuff. Why would I give you an opinion that no one gives a shit about? Speak your mind in this country, free in the country, Dan. Yeah, sometimes. Andrew's trying to get me on my knee. Be funny, though, dude. Hey, Andrew, just so you know, I'm not a conservative. I'm an American. I root for the I root for what's best for our country. Okay. All right. Let's so this it's really you know what's really awful about the Deshaun Watson really now? It takes away from like tomorrow's game. Raiders and Jags, the start of the season. Why would the NFL want to cast a die on that? And just not let this thing just go away. Why wouldn't you just take some heat? You've taken it before. Why wouldn't you just take the heat? But, again, you got an owner fixing games. So you have to have something. And, by the way, think about what else it covers up. There's no conversation of CTE. Although CTE stories, man, they are lost in translation. Players with concussions and the game being not so safe. God, what a great cover. Holy cow. No concussion talk. No settlement talk with the players. Dude, COVID, Deshaun, Stephen Ross. That CTE story so far in the rearview mirror now. Doesn't get any better. You know, one thing I say, Pete, about Ray Rice, I admire him. I admire him. I I just admire him, and I love him. I think so highly of him. Here's a guy who was a model of what a player was on the Baltimore Ravens had a situation that will never be forgotten with the video that we saw of him with that woman who became his wife. Instead of coming back to the Ravens, he told Steve Biscotti, nah, I got to work on being a man. Never came back to the game, put the game away, and now they're living happily ever after. 
Those are the stories I love. They got a wonderful family. He shows up to rookie symposiums. The league hires him now to go and talk to young rookies that come into the league. Don't do these mistakes. Look what it cost me. You get one reputation in life. His was scarred forever. And a man that was considered and revered in Baltimore as one of the greatest players and people in the community. And now he's being asked to speak at all the camps to rookies. In my opinion, that to me is a success story. That to me is rehabilitation. That's what this is about. I root for people like that. I root for Ray Rice. See, but people will look at that one scenario and judge him for the rest. And you have a right to. Somebody hit my daughter daughter like that, boy, would I have a problem with that. Mm, 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 mm. Oof. Man, I don't know, right? Right? Yeah, you, any, any man with his – any kind of reputation that he wants to have for – and respect he wants to have for his kid, right? Hey, yeah, I know, man. I don't know. I know. I'm just – it's easy for me to say that when it's not my kid, right? Andrew, I'm, I am so glad to hear that about Ray Rice. What a great story to tell about to, to, to NFL players. Andrew, I, 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 I think the same thing. Okay? I think the same thing about Ray. Ray didn't want – Steve Scott, he tried to get him back. You know, he goes, I got I to gotta be a better man. I I got I got to I've got to be a man to the woman that I've done this to. And he married her, man, and they're been together ever since. Picking, it's a hard situation, right? But that's kind of but but picking, I don't football it showed you that Ray Rice is bigger than football. That Ray Rice is a man. And it sometimes you have to put kid things away. And you have to grow up. I don't know if I could have just gone like that. Those are tough, man. So that Deshaun Watson story is really tough. Really is. All right. So last week we had many of our boys on. And I got two of my boys now that I love LB, Lord, Lord Brunson, and I love this guy here. Philly 500. I don't have my stogies ready yet, but. Get them. You're going to need them, buddy. I'm gonna, you're going to need them. Okay, so wait. Now, I've got to tell you, you and LB now are thinking that I'm being a little – are you thinking I'm being a little too hard on the Eagles here now? No, I, I personally don't. I, 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 I understand anybody who who has questions. I have – you know, I don't necessarily agree with all of what you say, but I, I don't – I understand where you're coming from. You know what I'm saying? Well, here, here. Philly – my problem with how they're preparing. Oh, I agree with you on that. No, no, you. I'm with you. Hundred percent. Here, like, check it out. So they had full padded practice yesterday, and I right. Mean, somebody said that the the media wasn't around today. I thought they didn't have practice today or such. I don't know what it was, but no media accessibility today. 
And yesterday I watched practice and I really love that the Eagles give you complete access. So I watched it on their website. I watched the entire hour and some odd minutes of the practice and Philly, I'm like this, there's no tackling, there's no hitting. And I don't see how you're going to be prepared. And I think this kind of resulted in a slow start of the team a year ago. Give me your sense of this and give me your take on it. Yeah, I mean, I I, I agree in, in terms of it seems like they they practice like too light, right? It's not like they had rookie training camp, OTAs. They only had six OTAs, no mini camps. And then they come into training camp and, and they practice what, like 58 minutes, an hour and 15 minutes? I mean, I didn't play professional football. I didn't play college football, but I played high school. We had two days. And, and we were out there a long time. So I do think it's a problem. And and I'm – look, I'm old-fashioned. I believe that by hitting a lot in training camp – and I'm not saying you have to overdo it. But by hitting, you're preparing your body for that. When these guys go in and they haven't had any contact and they're going into, what, week one and they're finally hitting for the first time, I think that's a problem. So I, I'm very skeptical about the way – that they're running the camp. However, I, in their defense, I got to say this one thing because it keeps popping in my mind. They did go out week one and destroy Atlanta last year, and I thought they, they I thought they had the same problem in training camp last year as well. Uh, and they came out on you know and, and they destroyed Atlanta. Now it's Atlanta, but you know we weren't supposed to be anybody either. So I don't know. But maybe I'm really, here's what I think you got in that Atlanta game last year that you're not going to have this year against Detroit. You had the unknown. You right. didn't know what Jalen really was. You didn't mm-hmm. know what certainly Sirianni was. You didn't know the mentality. So there was the element last year of the unknown. Right. Just because you add A.J. Brown to the huddle, you still haven't, like we just said, you really haven't had quality reps at all. Yeah, you haven't hit. You, don't tell me that no. Jalen's getting better when you don't have quality reps. Right. It's like you, me and you uh, playing Nerf ball catch in the backyard and you and me become better at it because we're having a timing situation. But here, watch this. If you're a linebacker like Kobe Dean, how are you working on twists and fills and blitz stunts right. and pickups or you're an old lineman? And you're working on finishing off blocks when you're not hitting. Right. I just don't get the sense of you're not going to be in that week one where you were um, a year ago, where you were kind of like the unknown. They're going to know who you are. Do you agree? Right. Yeah, I, I think that's a good point. I think teams are going to know a lot more of what to expect from Jalen Hurts and what they want to do. I think, I mean, I think it's simple. They're going to a lot, a lot of these coordinators are going to look at that Tampa Bay game and they'll say, we're going to make Jalen Hurts beat us with his arm. And that's what he's going to have to go out and do. So you're right. My only question, and I don't know this, you might know this. What is the rest of the NFL doing? Are, are, are they practicing as little as the Eagles, too? Or is it just the Eagles? I think, you know, Philly, that's a great point. Um, They are. They're practic- This is a league deal with the new collective bargaining agreement when it comes to limited pads and limited hitting. However, when I've got Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady or an right. experienced quarterback that understands – what quality reps are versus non-quality reps. And he is a passer with passing talent. He's a passer and an experienced passer in the sport. I'm more comfortable with going through walkthroughs 
than I am with a guy who Paulie Shore, um, Paulie Shore, Paulie Shore, <laughs> that is Ellie awesome. Spitzer, Elliot Paulie. Spitzer, Elliot Spitzer, Paulie Shore, giving me statistics every day. I love it. Jalen Hurts playing pitch and catch with I'll me. Never, and you. I'll never see that guy in the same way again. Paulie <laughs> 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 you know. Shore, I love it. <laughs> yeah, I I try to avoid. Like I I see the the you know he's seven of eighteen. He's fourteen, and I I hate that because they're a practice. You just don't know. I I don't worry about that. You know, I, hey, listen. If they say, "Hey, you had a good practice," that's good to hear. But I'm not, I'm not worried about what the statistical numbers. I don't know what he's working on footwork. There's, there's so much that goes into to practice. I don't, I, I don't get caught up in all those numbers. But I do agree with you, and it is a concern of mine. Their, their practice schedule. They're off today or had a walkthrough. I don't know which one. But I think they come back and practice tomorrow, and then on Friday, I think they're off again or is another walkthrough. Tomorrow's so, helmets and shorts. So helmets and shorts, and then I think on the fifth, they're they're not practicing or, or no no or no. But they're over at Starbucks, and what they're doing is checking out the new mochas. <laughs> I hate Starbucks. That's the worst <laughs> place ever, especially with my wife because she always gets some. I need a latte, latte, vanilla, and it's like this long work. You just want a coffee with sugar. Right. You know what you I'm know saying? What you do with that stuff. I that hate stuff, it. Five hundred gives me agita. You know, I mean, it's got too much cream and such in it. You know, I'm, yeah. I've got to have yeah. like lactose tolerant. That's what I am. Yeah. Oh, by the way, <laughs> here's here's Elliot Spitzer Shore's numbers for 2022 so far, for the greatness of Jalen, Jalen um, Hurts when it comes to practice numbers. Fifty five of seventy nine, five touchdowns, three ints. These are the up to date stats by Elliot Spitzer, Polly Shore. So I well, mean, he- hey, dude, I got to tell you. I mean, this guy's having a hell of a, hell of a camp with helmets and shoulder pads, man. I mean, I can't tell you. I know it, it, it's brutal. Now, now, what are you going to think when they come out preseason and they barely play any of them guys? Because I don't think they're going to play hardly at all in the preseason. Okay, so what's the over under in the Lions game on missed tackles? Twenty over under. Oh yeah, I would say I would say over. It's going to be over. They're going to win go the over. game. They're going to yeah, win the course. game. But they better win the game. Hey, how about this? Hey, Philly, um, Vegas only has it three and a half right now. Wow. That's that's surprising. Usually, you know, usually the home team gets three points just for being the home team. I mean, I mean, a lot of people say Detroit has improved. I don't, I don't know, you and know. They won four games last year. What are they going to I know. <laughs> They're going to run win six. But I mean, the, the Eagles need to come out and, and they need to beat Detroit. Uh, but I do. I, I worry about about all that, you know. And we'll see. But you said it's like a league thing, so I guess we should just expect a lot of sloppy play, a lot of flags, a lot of very long games. They'll take forever to play because if if the whole league is doing it, and I I don't think it's the right move. I mean, when you were playing and I was growing up watching you guys on the field, it seemed like a lot more injuries today. Then, then, and those guys hit a lot harder. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you a conversation that I had with Dave Wanstad and Jimmy Johnson about practicing back in the day, and this was one of the reasons why the Cowboys had the youngest team when they were winning those Super Bowls. That get this: after Week Eight, instead of laying off the gas pedal to keep guys healthy, they stepped on it more and had more contact practices and more inside mm-hmm. drills. And you can't do that today because of the collective bargaining agreement. Right. And do you know that the yards uh, per carry against the Cowboy defense 
and yards per pass against the Cowboy defense, it kept going down because of the fact that they were still hitting when other teams mm. weren't hitting. And yeah. they were healthier. Yeah. I just, I, I, you know what? And and here's where the Eagles lie. They go like this, Philly. Well, last year we were the healthiest we've been in the last three years. Yeah. And they won nine games. So you know what? They get the element of doubt this time until we see if that was just an anomaly last year or right, right we go into this year seeing whether or not that's going to be a detriment to the team. Right. See, my, my, my fear is that my fear is that you go into like week one and you get a, a bunch of injuries during the game because these guys just aren't ready to hit. You know, that that's what scares me. I, I sometimes and, and maybe I'm wrong. I feel like almost like if somebody's going to get injured, they're going to get injured. You're, you're not going to be able to avoid it, whether it's in preseason, whether it's week two, week three. You, you just got to be ready to go. I, I mean, that's I know that sounds weird, but. It's the way I see it, kind of. Hey, my guy Pete here says that Jalen should play in the preseason. Do you agree? Yes. I think he needs to play in at least – I think he should play first quarter at least in, in the first game. Then in the second game, he's got to play into the third quarter at least. And then depending upon how he does, how he looks, they could decide how much in, in that final preseason game. Brady's playing – at least two and a half preseason games. It's good enough for the GOAT, but the Eagles think it's not good enough for Jalen Hurts, who's limited right now, and the fact that he's got limited throws. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Let, me, let me move on from him okay, to okay. – Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to keep killing the kid here. Let me, let me go to Miles Sanders. You think he should be the starting running back this year, or do you think it should be more of a versatile guy that can catch the football better and gain well? I'm going to go Miles. I'm a Miles guy. I've been a Miles guy. I believe Miles has the ability to catch the ball out of backfield. He did it his rookie year. And and I think, I, I you know, to me, I just, the, the guy that can break the 80-yarder, the 85-yarder at any time has to be on the field, in my opinion. He's such a threat. Um, and, 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 you know, listen, as, as, as much as people want to complain about Miles last year, no touchdowns, the guy still averaged five and a half yards a carry. So I, Miles, to me, has to be on the field. Unknown caller. Sorry. Hey, you, you know what was that? Was that under Frank Reich that um, Miles had that big year when he had catches coming out of the backfield, or was that was Frank no, gone that, already to Indy? Frank, yeah, Frank was already gone. Frank was already gone. So that was more under Doug then, right? Yeah. Well, it was Doug. Yeah. I mean, essentially, it was Doug. Yeah. Okay. Let me go here. I'm going to play a game with you here. A couple questions here. It's called the best in the NFC East. Okay. Best quarterback in the NFC East in Philly 500 view is who? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. I hate hate to say it, but it's true. The best coach. Best coach. I'm going to say my cannoli in coach Nick Sirianni. I, I know I know that guy in Washington in Washington's pretty good. That's my he's guy. Been coach, he's been coaching a long time and he hasn't won anything yet. I'm gonna go with the young guy. I'm gonna go with the cannoli eating guy. Look at this guy, man. He goes like that with the paisan. I like it. That's it. By the I way, can't help it. By the way, he's he's novelly Don. So you know what? You know, we're almost paisans. So good. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, you know, hey, you know, when you're a novelty Don or you're calibrace, you know, you like white sauce. So it's all right, man. You're more you of go. a French guy than you are an Italian, but it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we're, we're close. His, his his name his last name ends in a vowel. I'll it's take done. it. You know what I mean? I'll take it. 
Absolutely. All right. The best wide receiver in the NFC East is who? A.J. Brown. Over Terry McLaurin? Yeah. Over C.D. Lamb? Yeah. Okay. And, and, and by the end of the year, I got it's going to, and by the end of the year, it's going to be Devontae Smith. Oh, so you think Devontae. Okay. I'm interested. How many, what, what does Devontae's numbers look like by the end of the year? I think he leads the team in receptions and yards. So I'm going to say 80, 85 catches, about 1200 yards receiving. Whoa. I think Devontae Smith's going all, I, I I think he's going off this year. I, I think he he was already a guy that was going to have a big second year. Now you put AJ Brown, who's probably going to get most of the attention early on. I I think Devontae is going to is going to have a big year. So, you think Jalen Hurts is a four thousand yard passer? I got him about four thousand yards and twenty five touchdown passes, passes, seventeen games. That roughly comes out to around 233 yards a game, which is not out of the question, right? Right. I, I think so. I, I, I think, think the only way, Philly, that he gets close to that number is if that rushing number goes down. And yeah, and Sanders, I if my How about this? Do we? you and I agree? If Miles Sanders gets 1,100 yards – Jalen Hurts is going to be close to 4,000 passing yards because I agree. That means the offensive passing game increased. I agree. I agree. And and, and I think it will. I, I think that's got to be the goal with Jalen Hurts. I think his touchdown runs come down, his touchdowns running, rushing touchdowns, and his passing touchdowns go up. I'm, I think he's 25. I told people if he don't get 25 touchdowns, I will stream a whole week with a mohawk. That's how confident <laughs> I am. <laughs> I got a mohawk in high school once. My girlfriend left me after I did it. It was terrible. <laughs> well, but, hey, then, hey. Well, you know, I, I, not that I cared about her. She was really, right. she was really a nice girl, though. But you know, hey, I never. It was that's a different day. Top edge rusher in the NFC East: Michael Parsons, Chase Young, Hassan Reddick, and Kayvon Thibodeau. Michael Parsons, I think he's, he's a monster. Where would you put Hassan Reddick on that list? I probably put him. I probably put him too. I mean, two he's, by he's, default because Young's not available in well, the Young, part of the season. Well, and Young, when he did play last year, he wasn't doing much. Uh, he didn't really do that's, that much when he got hurt. That's uh, fair. Uh, you know, Reddick has two years of double-digit sacks on two different teams. As long as they don't put him in pass coverage eighty percent of the time, he'll get it. God, I heard that man that. <laughs> That story that was in CBS Sports, I went nuts on it, Philly. I'm like, dude, you're going to put Hassan Reddick covering a tight end? Are you high? This guy was brought into Philly to rush the passer and get people on the ground. Right. Not, if, if, if you have him covering tight ends and backs out of the backfield, you're playing into the you're, you're playing into the defensive coordinator's wishes when you're doing right. such a shit like that. I, 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 I don't get I that. I, I mean, DB. I, Diggs, is he the top DB in the NFC no. East or Darius Slay? Darius Slay. Diggs, Diggs is a uh, risk taker, right? He's going to get the big plays, the big flash interception for a touchdown. He's going to do that, but he gives up a lot of yards. I think he gave up over 1,000 yards to receivers. Uh, Slay is a lot more consistent. So I'll say Slay is a better corner, cover corner. Okay. The top O-linemen. 
Is it Jordan Mulata? Top O-lineman. That's a great – so just any old, uh, anybody on the offensive line? Yeah. Or, I think – I still think Kelsey, man. I, I did Kelsey. How about if I – I watched that practice yesterday, and of all the players, Philly, that to me that I saw from a year ago to today that had this gigantic jump, yeah. it was him. Yeah. You know, last year, one of the things that I had with Malata was that if you beat him on an initial move, he struggled on getting back into position again on that second move to get him back yeah. in proper blocking position. I saw him a couple times, and I got to tell you, this got to go back to Jeff Stoutland a little bit and the fact that the way he coaches, they got the best offensive line coach Dude. in the National Football League. And yeah. the way he came back, he slid his foot, got back in position. I'm telling you here, He's not quite Trent Williams yet, but I think the all-pro tackles this year at the end of the season are going to be Jordan Malad and the guy in San Francisco. I think I those think two guys right. are your best tackles in the game. I think you're right. I, I agree. I like Jordan Malad. Can you believe how they found that guy? Seventh that, round That's got to be – do you agree that's how he's best draft choice since he's been in Philadelphia? It, it could very well be. I mean, it's, it's definitely his biggest gem. No, no, yeah, I, I, you might be right about that. Yeah, you might be right. Think, look, have quarterbacks haven't been successful. Wide receivers yeah. have been suspect. Yeah, no, okay. you're right. I would, I agree. I, I Mulata, think, and what was it? Seventh round? They found this seventh, seventh round. Yeah. All right, real quick here, some other questions here. Doug Peterson tomorrow night. What are you looking for? Or do you uh, care? Nah, I mean, I, I, I'll put it on and watch him because it's football. And, you know, but it's the Hall of Fame game. Uh, it'll be nice to see Doug on the field, but I, I don't, I don't expect to see much of anything in terms of, 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 of the play. You know, it's the Hall of Fame game. How about this? Who has his first playoff win, Nick Sirianni or Doug Peterson in his new job? Oh, Nick Sirianni. We <laughs> listen. If we, if we don't win this division, I'm gonna be upset. Man. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm not gonna lie. Okay, I'm, I I'm all in. I got a lot of prop bets out there with people right now, okay? Just so you know. Okay. Okay, so I'm I'm wondering, okay, what 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 are your expectations for this year? Okay, what what do the Eagles have to do for you not to have a gasket being blown? <laughs> they have to win their division, get a home playoff game and win it, and I'm satisfied. I I think that's a great jump. And you think that's a good move there? I think that's I think that's a, the, the next step. I you know I think that's the next step. I think that's the floor. If that's the floor, if if I don't have that, I'm going to be upset. I, I am, you know. NFC Championship game would be nice, but I'll take a home playoff win and a division. One more time, Elliot Spitzer, Shore, Polly Shore, fifty-five and seventy-nine, five touchdowns, three picks. I mean, <laughs> that's so MVP, far. MVP, buddy. Hey, MVP. So, I'm going to keep you updated on all, all the right. great. <laughs> Um, updated statistics from um, I, I can't from wait practice to see field so that we can watch a guy throw and pitch and catch him with his boy. <laughs> Philly, you're awesome, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate you doing All this, right. man. Always awesome yeah. having you on, man. Thank yeah, you so man. much. And continue great you. success with your show, brother. Thank, Thank you, man. You too. Everybody checks out my boy Philly 500 on his great podcast, too. We appreciate you coming aboard. Awesome, man. Thank, Thank you, brother. You. you got it. Yeah, Elliot Spitzer, Polly Shore here. Let me see. 55 of 79, five TDs, and three picks, baby. How you doing? Yeah. How you doing, right? How you doing, right? Holy cow. Let's take a timeout. Hit the like button. 
Keep it right here on the National Football Show. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on Exodus. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. Glasses for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rip... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. National Football Show. Appreciate all coming aboard. Please hit the like button. Thank you so much for coming in. I appreciate it. Big Sills, this is a team sport. Thank you. This just then, I get it. You know better than that, man. Quarterbacks are the ones that get all the girls and make all the money, get all the fame. And when shit rolls downhill, they get all the heat. You're, you're, you're sounding like a player, and I agree with you. Five-star, agreed. It's not how it is. Even in the – get this. Even in the NFL reference guide, you got quarterbacks' one-loss records as part of the official statistics. If you look at the NFL pro football reference stats, which I refer to a lot, 
they have the records of the quarterbacks and their starts and their wins and losses as an official stat for the quarterback. You don't see that for any other position. Only two people have that next to their names, coaches and quarterbacks. Okay? It's a team sport. Well, not how people perceive it. Okay? Linemen win games. <laughs> okay. Linemen win games. How come there's no $25 million a year guy making that when you're talking old linemen? Well, that's not true. I don't know. I think that guy, Trent Williams, I think he's pushing their 20-some-odd million dollars. Big fish, little boat. Dude, you won the 2017 Super Bowl because of that great O-line and the depth that you had on D-line. That's why you won that game, my friend. Man, the news in the NFL. Dude, you can go down a – hey, right, Xander? You go down a rabbit hole, man, between the Brady and Stephen Ross and Deshaun Watson and – damn, those are ugly stories. I am so happy. Foot, Get this. Are you ready for this? Wait a minute here. It's a football Thursday. It's a football Thursday. Some are going to go, Sills, it's exit. I don't care. Dude, you want to know how psycho I am? I watch Canadian Football League games. Then again, I did play in the CFL. Okay, but I love watching football, man. God, I love watching it. Who doesn't like watching football in competition? It's the best sport on the planet. Nate goes like this. Hey, thank God, man. There ain't anything on TV except the Kardashians, and I hate that show too. Oh, wait. You you, you could have America's Got Talent. The, man, the shows that are on television today are historically awful. Okay? Like, you couldn't put All in the Family on today on normal television. Shows were too racist and racy and good God almighty, man. But then you don't need that. Now you get all this stuff with the Sean Watson talk and you get it with the NFL and you get it with sports today. You know, we opened the show with old school sports when we were talking about Vince Scully and what a guy like that. Think about the things that Vince Scully has seen since his time when he first started broadcasting in 1950, the Dodger games. And think about all the things that he's seen transform in sports. You know, sports was always looked at. Do you know back in the day when football was first formed, dude, if you were a college football star, like Red Grange and those guys back in the day, you were revered. If you played pro ball, it was like being in the circus. The sports back in the 20s were boxing, baseball, horse racing, sports like that. Okay, that was like they called it the golden age now. Now you got football front and center in the National Football League is king in, in America. And it's king in America because of decisions like today that the NFL ruled on. Dude, you could have made a story go away and you didn't care to. Deshaun Watson is going to be the starting quarterback against Carolina. You bet your ass on it. He's going to play the whole year. And they brought all that shit. Then you're going to, 
I guarantee you what happens here. You guys ready? Here's my prediction. Here's my prediction. They'll end up settling before it gets to court. They'll settle on amount of games, probably eight next year. He's playing this year, though. Who has more pressure on them this year, Sirianni, Hurts, or Gannon? I'm taking the coaches in that one, Razor. I don't believe in the coaching staff. I don't believe in the process. I don't like their process. Just me. I'm probably wrong. I'm hoping I'm wrong. I mean that. Sincerely. I, I, I hope I'm wrong. I don't believe in I don't believe in a sport where you need hard work that you don't work hard and think you're better. You're you're like thinking you're better. You're not actually getting better. How are you getting better? Where did you get that point where you think that Jalen Hurts and the offense got better this offseason? They did not get better. I'm sorry. You can't prove it to me that they got better until they play that game against Detroit. You're hoping. Hope's great. I hope I hit the lottery. I hope my kid becomes a trillionaire. You have no fundamental facts that your offense in Philly got better, except for this, we added players. Hmm. That doesn't always translate into wins. Chronicled all over the history of the sport. And Jeremiah goes, and you can't prove they haven't. Okay. Then why assume it either way? I'm not saying they got... Worse. I'm saying they are who they are from a year ago. The only thing you've proven to me is you're nine and eight, your quarterback struggled, and until you show me different, you're who you were, and you are who you are, and you are who your record is. Parcell says that. You are who your record is. Nine and eight, haven't beaten anybody, and I don't care what you say. That's how I look at the Philadelphia Eagles. You're nine and eight. You got destroyed by the Bucks, and that's who you are. That's what you are. You're right, Jeremiah. That's all you are right now. I'm wait and see mode. No, I'm just pointing out who you are. You are who your record is. Well, we added this. We had, great. That doesn't change who you are yet. Well, I added four new tires to my car. Great. The car should run better. Everything should be better. It's not fact. And by the way, I'm not saying it won't be. I'm just saying, well, car hasn't hit the highway yet. Show me. GT. Look. They've shined it up. They've added new engine parts. They've fixed the car up great. Looks wonderful. You know, they did a revamp on it. It's wonderful. You know what I mean? Did a restoration project on it. Still got to see it move. We're O and O team right now. 
Seals, do you have Miami in the ACC championship game? Ryan, I do, but I do also think they're going to get beat by Clemson. Finn says you talk out of both sides of your mouth. I'm not sure what that means. Well, maybe when your football team gets more consistent, we'll talk consistently. Remember that. If I'm talking inconsistent, it's because your team plays inconsistent. It's not me. See, I don't, I don't, I don't rub lamps and pray for things, and it's not my style. Yeah, last year we were all over. Even Xander said it. Jesus, you're here this week. You're here that week. You're here that week. Well, it'd be better if your quarterback played a little bit more consistently. So I realized it. Too many peaks and valleys last year. But it doesn't have a steering wheel. Lito, now you're taking it over the line here. Let's wait till September. Okay? It's August, like Kevin said. Hang in there. Dude, tomorrow's football. I can't believe it. It's Raiders. It's it's Josh McDaniel versus Doug Peterson tomorrow. I can't wait to see Doug rolling around on that sidelines, man. No, no, no. It's not a six-cylinder Mustang, dog. It's a Volkswagen Beetle from 1976. <laughs> That's what I said. Sills, who's your favorite to win the NFC East? Pfft, Eagles. Holding you to it. I'm holding you to it, man. Hey, I appreciate everybody coming aboard today. Thank you so much, Philly 500, for jumping in with us here. Hey, look, if you missed any of the show, please go back and watch it. We really appreciate it. Hit the like button. Don't forget, tomorrow's football. It's football Thursday tomorrow. Can you believe it already? It's going to be Jaguars versus the Raiders. Hall of Fame game already? By the way, Dick Vermeil go. Does that right? Dick Vermeil goes into the Hall of Fame. He gets his jacket on Friday. How cool is that? Once again, please hit the like button until tomorrow. Going three to six Eastern time. We appreciate everybody stepping in with us. Have a good one, and we'll see you on the flip side. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.